There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to the Power Chord Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to another episode of the show. And uh, I don't know, maybe you saw this one teased a couple weeks ago on social media and uh, the iPhone gods or maybe just this piece of shit uh, lightning adapter that I have. One of them didn't want us to do the podcast. And uh, we were talking about doing this a few weeks ago. Didn't happen. And uh, now I'm happy that it is happening, and I'm very happy to be here. It's been a while, but uh, Kyle Steven, my boy, who uh, is on here quite a bit for our kind of like resident pop punk, pop punk expert, I feel like, you and, uh, you and Zach. But uh, tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, we are talking about Plus 44's best and only album, uh, When Your Heart Stops Beating. This one turned 15 this year, uh, about a month ago. Actually, we're recording this. It's December 11th. And it came out uh, November 14th, 2006. So that thing just turned 15 less than a month ago. And uh, we're just going to talk about it and kind of kind of do our thing like we did on the, uh, I guess the last one we did like this would have been, uh, not, I was going to say the Green Day Insomniac, but I guess we did the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket one uh, earlier this year. But I guess before we start, I got to ask you the big question, dude. Kyle, how the hell you doing? <laughs> I'm doing real good, man. You know, just, uh, just, you know, I've been hanging out, working, you know, doing the damn thing. And, uh, oh, like Travis yeah, Barker hit... doing the damn oh, thing. Oh, oh, of course, man. Famous Give stars Kyle some. <laughs> Hell yes, dude. <laughs> on brand, on brand with, uh, this episode. And, uh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to get into this record starting off. I know you, I know both of us, this is an album both of us heard like when it came out. This is, this is one we can both do. Like we've, we've done albums before in the Blink universe. Where like I heard it years after the fact. Some of them you heard like Boxcar Racer. I know you heard that like when it came out, right? Yeah, you heard Boxcar Racer when that came out. Yeah, I was pretty on top of that one for sure. Okay, so this one, this is like my first one where I was privy to Blink, and like I pre-ordered this. I remember getting the uh, Cliff Diving Seven Inch as a as an Interpunk uh, bonus with it. Like I, I remember all that. I remember being game and ready for it, but like initially did you like this record did you have positive thoughts when it came out because what i i noticed and i i i've always liked this record but something i noticed before, while getting ready for this episode i think i like this album more than i even used to like i, I think this album i've I, I think it's aged really well but i mean from the get-go did you like it because i i know i know you like the record that's why we're doing this episode but like were you into it from the get-go or did it take a while to get into I'm kind of on the same boat as you where I, I liked it when it came out. Like I thought it was really unique and like the sound was a little bit different than like the blink thing, but yeah, you're, you're right. As at it, it got better with age. And now that I'm older and kind of technically kind of more closer to Mark's age, when he wrote this album, it feels a lot more relatable than it did back then. I agree with that. And I know that's something uh, you and I talked about when we tried doing this uh, fucking episode a few weeks ago, or I guess about a week ago, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of that where you start realizing, yeah, like I, I just turned, because that's the other thing with this album. It, it came out, I, my birthday is November 13th, and I always remember it coming out the day after my 14th birthday. 
But like I was 14 when it came out. I'm now 29. And if you think about that, yeah, Mark's about, I, I think we talked about this, like mid-30s. He's probably around 34, 35 on this album. So, like, if you look at that, I mean, as a 14-year-old trying to relate to a 34, 35-year-old person, that's going to be a lot harder. Whereas I'm 29 and I'm listening to this record now going like, oh, my God, these are some of, like, Mark's best songs, which I, I think totally goes with that. Which, you know, yeah, like, we are currently now in kind of that headspace where uh, Mark probably was writing this. Though we didn't just lose our uh, our multi-platinum, uh, really successful band. That I guess that'd yeah. be the one difference. I don't I don't know if we can relate in those terms. It is literally the only difference. <laughs> that is the only difference. Um. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get right into this and uh, do our little track by track. But we're gonna start with the first song. I don't know if you know the very the correct way to say this because I've never really heard anyone say it out loud. I always just call it lycanthrope. Is that what you say? Because that doesn't sound like a real word or like I'm fucking. That's, it is a word, but it sounds like I'm fucking it up somehow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how you say it. Because I like the only other way I would say it back in the day was just lycanthrope. But okay, like, I'm flipping sense. the O and the, but I'm flipping the O and the R, so like it's not. It doesn't sound right. So. It yeah. sounds more wizardry. It sounds very like <laughs> some Dungeons and Dragons shit, uh, however you just said it. Dude, how, hell yeah, you say man, it again? that's my shit. <laughs> like uh, it, Thorpe? <laughs> no, that's how, I, that's how I said it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the way you used to say it. That does. That sounds kind of like... Yeah, lycanthrope. Yeah, that, that, that does. That sounds uh, fantasy-ish. I, I don't know. It, yeah, because a, lycanth- a lycanthorpe is basically just like a werewolf kind the actual word the word that the actual title is yeah okay i've yeah. you know what i think i heard that somewhere because i knew there's some kind of connection to werewolf but i had no clue what it was i knew i didn't think the song was about werewolves but i thought it i thought it was connected some way so okay it has to do with the name of the of the song mm-hmm. this one i mean like right away i gotta say a very strong opener like this this song like wastes no time it doesn't fuck around there's no and this is I, I realize this is something that's going to come up, I think, in this episode. It's inevitable, like, a, quite a few times. But, like, comparing and contrasting this to We Don't Need to Whisper, which, whether or not that's fair, because I know they're different, they're both the first post-Blink albums, and they both came out mm-hmm. roughly around the same time. So when I think about that and I look at both of them, like, you know, you look at like Angels and Airwaves and it's kind of that that beginning, that beginning, you know, it's it's kind of more of a build. It's 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 different than Blink. You know, I mean, sometimes Blink would build up to shit, but not in that same way. But with Plus 44, it's so different. Plus 44, they just go right into it. There's no like build up or tease or some kind of like synthy intro or soundscape like this thing just right away kind of like punches you in the fucking face. Like I, I this is a this is a really strong opener. I think it's one of the best songs on the album, not my favorite, but one of the best, I'd say at least top five. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I think it makes for a very strong start. Yeah, for sure. It like what, what almost blows my mind, but it doesn't based on like, if you look at like, you know, how labels see things, this definitely really should have been the lead single. I, I 100% opinion. agree with you there. And I think it was, it wasn't lead single, I know it was technically a quote unquote single, but yeah. if I remember it correctly, it's one of those ones where they weren't pushing it by then. It was a real, they called it a single, but I don't know how much they really pushed it. Like, I don't really remember it being anywhere. Whereas like I go, 
this was I could have seen this all over rock radio. Like in 2006, 2007, like that era, like I totally this is a song that I think should have been pushed for radio. I totally think this was and in in a good introduction too because it's not so far off of the blink realm, you know what I mean? It's not so left field, but it's also not sound it's not just a straight up blink ripoff. Yeah, it it I I like I said like I can see why like a label wouldn't choose this as like a leadoff single, but like a follow up or maybe even like a third, like like an actual pushed single, and like it it does the typical Mark Hoppus thing in this song with just it's got the dark lyrics but the really like kind of happy upbeat tones, which is clearly Mark's niche. Like oh, that's just sure. what he's known for, especially as the years have gone by. Anytime he talks about a new record, he always says it's always, oh, this is one of our darkest records or the lyrics are really dark. But then you hear the music and it's just like it's the same kind of thing where it's always upbeat. But I don't know. Like, I think, like you said, it has just enough of a difference from the blink tone to like differentiate itself. But it also like, you know, it has that familiarity um, without 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 it having to like be like a carbon copy like oh he's doing a blink thing it's just enough to like sound a little different with some of the little synths and just just even the the guitar tones are different and it's just a yeah it's just one of those good songs that if they pushed it it would have i think gotten a lot more uh not just airplay because this didn't get any airplay but i think this would have given the band a little bit more of like some notoriety a bit yeah, because really, and it, it's something that I guess I, I knew anyway, because I, I remember them being around and, you know, kind of the shows they'd play and everything, and that they would kind of play uh, second fiddle on certain shows and stuff. Like, Plus 44 wasn't really all that big. Like, it, it was probably in a lot of ways a flop when you think about, I mean, you're only off. I mean, when did when did self-titled come out? Oh, three. Oh, oh, three. So, I mean, three years after that, I mean, that album was pretty damn big for for Blink. So, I mean, you got to think of like the sales of that record. And this is your first like you have two thirds of Blink-182. I mean, the breakup was huge. It was everywhere, like a a huge pop culture thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to have two thirds of the band release your first album post Blink, I mean, yeah, in a, and I love this record. I'm not shitting on it, but like, yeah, it, it was kind of a commercial. Not kind of, it was a commercial flop. I think I think we can agree on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially because it's on a major label, and you know, like you said, you have two thirds of Blink on a major label. And this is 2000. Record. This is 2006 too. This isn't like, yeah. you know, I mean, even even present day, I know they're still big, but it's like it's not even Blink in 2021 with more of like you know, that legacy. I mean, this is, this is blink as in they'd like just, it had only been a few years since, and not only that, but another thing I think a lot about on this record, it's only five years after take off your pants and jacket, which when you look at the songwriting and stuff, could you imagine Mark writing this song during that era? Like think five years earlier, like where blink was like early two thousands. It's crazy how like the, like the difference in the progression and I think a short time. I like. I think in five years, like it's quite maybe even more than than from take off your pants and jacket to self titled. Like I think maybe even more in this one. I go, oh shit, like that. Also the breakup, like the the aggression and stuff in this that you never I think would have heard in the older songs. Like I mean, obviously you always had we we talk about how he has the more mature songs in Blink, but not that doesn't mean more aggressive. Where these songs 
like there's some bitterness in them and stuff. Whereas you don't really, you don't really hear those in a lot of, uh, I think like earlier blink songs, I, at least I don't, I don't hear the bitterness as, as much. It, it's kind of the same thought process to me as like when Tom went and did boxcar, because the big thing about boxcar was this, the, the darker elements, the darker tones, the, you know, the darker lyrics. And so it was such a departure from the blink sound that like you couldn't, you couldn't put the two together and you couldn't really hear like if like, you know, it was take off your pants and jacket and obviously then boxcar racer that t- sonically is so different. And then when they go to the self-titled album, like obviously there's some darker elements on both sides and obviously there's some bitterness there, but boxcar was Tom's release to start those really dark songs on his own and just do the tones that he liked. And this is Mark's version of doing something on his own, keeping the same elements of what he likes in his songwriting and just kind of turning it up to 11. You know, you you just kind of made me think of something. And I want to know what you think, because it, it also I could just be kind of pulling it out of my ass. But like thinking about that and what you're saying with in a way like Tom kind of did that angry, loud experimental album with Boxcar Racer that Mark never got to do, like you were just talking about. Do you think that that at all has to do with why those, like, again, like comparing the two post-Blink records, like why Tom definitely kind of went more away from, like, to me, Plus 44 doesn't sound straight up like Blink, but if you're looking at Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves, Plus 44 seems more like the logical step after Blink. Like, sound-wise, what those guys would do. I wonder if, because of that, Tom had more of a no. I'm going to go do my own thing because he kind. Of, I like. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's. Maybe I'm just like thinking out loud here as it's coming out. But like, he kind of wrote an album. It doesn't sound straight up like Plus Forty Four, but that is kind of his angry, bitter album, Boxcar Racer. But I, I guess he kind of got it out of his out of his system a few years earlier. So by the time the first Ava record came out, you really don't have anything. You know what I mean? You don't. You don't yeah. really have that side of you. You're just kind of doing. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to fuck with synths now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love this song. I think it's a great opener. Um, I mean, you got you got anything else for this one? I mean, I, I besides, I think it's really good. I think it sets the. Uh, I think it sets the album a pretty good. Uh, the tone of the record, um, which another part. Not every line of the song, but like I definitely. I, I think one of the things of this record is. You always kind of have that. Is this song about Tom in the back of your head sure. for a good chunk of it? And uh, I don't think this whole song is about Tom at all. Um, but th- it is one where I go, it sounds like it could be. And I mean, you kind of get that the rest of the album. You know, it kind, it kind yeah, of sets that, that up. And that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't want to put all of that in into like Mark's lyrics. I don't want to speak for Mark's lyrics by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. You know, it's the it could totally be seen as like the fallout of blink kind of where do we go from here? You know, we had this thing and now it's gone. And now I have to kind of like what Tom did kind of transform himself into, you know, kind of the soul, you know, singer songwriter and kind of changing himself to differentiate himself from blink, but still be like, Hey, I am Mark Hoppus. Like it's still in my blood. It's just, I'm trying to step away from that for a bit. It's, I mean, it is interesting too, because when you think of, uh, I mean, you think of this record and, uh, same with Tom with his, his first, uh, post blink record that, that like, 
it has to be hard, like even things of picking out the first single, like the sound of the band and all the shit. Because again, like you, you did come from such a big band, like you. They had to even know, and I don't know. Maybe they did it, and maybe they were trying to break away from it. But like at that point, you're already you were known as the guys in Blink for the last mm-hmm. how you know decade basically before that. So I mean, this is a pretty big. I mean, again, like there was a lot of eyes on them. Like there was a lot of free publicity, I think, for this album and Angels and Airwaves, just where people were like, "What are they going to do?" You know, I mean, if not, if not, people even wanting to hear the songs themselves, they just just curiosity, just going, "What what's it going to sound like? What are they doing?" And yeah. uh, you know, I, I think with uh, I just think with this record, and uh, same with Ava one trying to find that balance had to be hard for them. You know what I mean? Like, do we, do we go left? You know what I mean? Do we, do we abandon the blink sounds altogether and do something totally different? Do we try to keep a little bit of that? So people remember it, you know what I mean? Remember where we came from. And so we don't, we don't lose everything that people liked about us. Like, I'm sure that had to be a fairly daunting kind of thing. I also know that they didn't do interviews. Plus 44 didn't do interviews for like, I think a year before this record came out and I'm sure part of it came from that is you're going to keep getting questions about like Blink and comparing it to this and that. And mm-hmm. while you're writing, that's probably only going to put more pressure on you. You know what I mean? To be reminded constantly of that like past success and the things yeah. that you're known for, like that's probably why they kind of stayed away from the limelight for a while there. Cause it does as be a very hard thing to put your first, I would think anything they released after this was much easier, but I bet if you ask them one of the hardest like albums to release, I would imagine it's the first one after Blink yeah, broke absolutely. up. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, I mean, you can probably say that for all of them. Like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, any band that comes from any other band, you know, that first follow-up record or single EP, whatever you do, it's going to be hard to, you know, get that out and, you know, kind of have it, you know, make its own name for itself without having to ride the coattails of your previous success. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think totally. And I mean, and, I, I don't know. As, as time has went on, I mean, I think this album stands for itself, but it's one of those. Maybe we talked about those boxcar racer. I can't remember, but like the only thing that sucks is I think it still has like a cult following. But I feel like anyone listening to this album still is probably Blink fans. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I honestly, I think one of the greatest things about just this record and like the beginning of it is the next song uh baby come on because that that's even further departure from like the blink style and that's like i I, all i hear is just mark's like heart and soul in that song that actually you want to you want to move on to that one now yeah that's fine yeah i I, yeah this song's awesome (laughs) this one is i i know i said on the last one like on on lycanthrope like one of the best songs on the album but like this one's in like top three territory. Maybe yeah. this is like top three. And even as far as Mark Hoppus songs go, this is, I think one of the best songs he's, he's ever written. I mean, I know, oh. I know he's brought it up and I know other people have, but even just shit like the past is only a future with the lights on, like just lines like that, even like those are really good. Like those are just really good fucking lines, but also like the dynamics on this album that blink never had, like blinks a loud snotty pop punk band. Whereas like on this record, there's so much of that quiet, loud dynamics of like building things up and like, you know, there's verses where this time it's only bass and it's not where just in ways that they never did with Blink. You know what I mean? Blink's a lot more straightforward where with plus 44, like same with this song, there's just such a 
even that even that like the snare like just that drumming that like Travis is doing in the beginning like that's it's different for him like even some of the shit that Travis is doing some of it's programmed I think like there's definitely drums on here throughout the record too that I think are either either he's playing electronic drum set or they're programmed but I mean still the shit he's playing on here I think is pretty different for him and uh it is one of those songs where you do when you do the blink comparison which is just hard not to do some including when it came out um, this is a song that stands on its own where you go, I don't think Blink could have wrote this song. Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, not just that, but uh, one of the notes I just have on the whole record that it's like a good and bad thing, depending on who you ask. I can't hear or imagine Tom singing on any of these songs. I have, like, and, one. And, yeah, and any of the other ones, you're me, totally right. Yeah, and for me, like, I genuinely like that because this is mark's record like like obviously boxcar had that one song with with mark but you know people kind of jokingly just call that a blink song because of the three (laughs) but like like for me like this record is very much like all mark and i don't hate that there's no like oh man this would be better with tom i thoroughly enjoy that thought that this is solely him you you know what you bring up a good point there too i tom would not improve this record I, not not a slide at Tom, but like this record would not be improved by him in any like the last the last two Blink records, which I'm, I'm pretty you know I my my opinions on them are pretty yeah. uh, out there, but like they could be improved with Tom. I mean, not if they were playing those same songs, but obviously if Tom was there, it would be different and it would be better. Plus forty four, it would it wouldn't be better. Like there's no adding Tom in there where I think that scenario would make it better. This is absolutely, yeah. you're right, it's all Tom. And not just, like you were saying, like you can't imagine Tom singing them, but there's also songs on this record where I just go guitar-wise, I don't think Tom would have played that. You know what I mean? Even though there's yeah. two guitarists in this band, and not that every song is really technical. There's definitely songs on <laughs> here you could get away with just one guitar player, but there are songs where the style that's being played and shit, Tom could not, like they just couldn't be... For that reason, they couldn't be Blink songs, and yeah. also that, that also that headset where or headspace where maybe you just don't write a song like that because that's not what people would want or expect from Blink. You know, yeah. like that's the other thing is like even if Mark wanted to, because you you also got to wonder, like even though a lot of these songs don't sound like they could be Blink songs, I wonder if any of these were ideas that were being kicked around towards the end of Blink writing it's them. Totally like, possible. Like right, they have to be because there's only. <laughs> A year like Blink broke up two thousand five. This album comes out two thousand six. Like mm-hmm. in that, I mean, I know self title came, but but even that self title came out oh three. There's no way he wasn't writing in between those years. Like you gotta wonder if some of these morphed, even though maybe they didn't start like this. Some of the, and I'm not saying baby, come on, this doesn't seem like it, but just in general, there has to be some songs on here that he had like fucking kicking around a few years beforehand that would have been blink songs or, oh, or yeah. a side project even oh absolutely because like even like a song like this like i can all like i can almost hear this as maybe a blink release but it'd be one of those songs that it would only be mark singing yeah no tom like, on this at all yeah would... no tom on this at all like no extra little harmonies maybe one here and there at best but like this song is so like fucking like like it's it's super chill and then like the chorus kicks in and it just fucking punches you in the balls <laughs> it and is so good it's so good and and like it's it's funny like i took like i think i've told you this on the last phone call when we were trying to do this i keep 
like time markers on all the songs on how long each song is it almost hurts me to think that besides one other song this is the shortest song actually okay lyrically it's the shortest song on the album and i wish there was just a little bit more because i love it so much i don't want it to stop <laughs> damn that's it see i like that you do that i i can't believe it's the shortest because it doesn't feel i don't know i guess it doesn't fe- it doesn't feel long by any means but i i guess i wouldn't have thought it was the shortest song until you told me that it's under three minutes god damn but no you know what though when we talked about this no song on this record really overstays its welcome like this the song's are like the perfect amount of time. Like even some of the long, even a couple of them, which go a little longer and I won't say the names cause I'll bring it up later, but like they don't feel like they're as long as they are. Yeah. But, uh, this song, I mean, there's, I also don't think this song sounds like motion city soundtrack, but this was around <laughs> the time that Mark was producing them. And I do feel like if you listen to commit this to memory, some of the shit on there, I could see where working with a band like Motion City Soundtrack, who does have synths and shit and kind of experiment a little more, might have also came into play with like how he like did things and fucked around more in studio. You know, like again, like this song doesn't sound like Motion City Soundtrack, but it also doesn't sound so unlike a song written by a guy who produced a Motion City Soundtrack record, <laughs> if that makes sense. It, it does. I probably wouldn't go there exactly, but I can see like I can see the thought. Like the beginning of him being more experimental, because also that's the beginning of him producing too, where Mm -hmm. it's him helping write and record songs out of the wheelhouse of just, you know, Blink. Because also when you think about it, the bands he did produce, I mean, some of them were Blink influenced, but like he didn't really produce a lot of Blink sounding bands. He produced like Mm -hmm. Socratic and uh, and Motion City soundtrack and like shit. You know, later on he do like Newfound Glory and stuff. But uh, the first few bands he produced really weren't, like, straight up, like, just pop punk bands. Yeah, he was kind of dabbling in some of, like, those, like, some of the, even, like, uh, like, the indie, like, rock sound bands. Which, if you hear, like, Baby Come On, like, a song like this, I, I also think, kind of going back to that idea where in 2021, probably the people listening to this record still are Blink fans. The unfortunate thing about that is I think people who are into, like, the whole I mean the bands who influence this shit, like the the postal service and like just mm-hmm. a lot of those like indie rock bands like the early two thousands, like if you didn't know it was two dudes from Blink one eighty two, I think a lot more people would like this would be not even like a huge, huge thing, but like I think within indie rockets it'd be one of those albums where like fucking like you you'd kinda mention it as like that like obscure band who put one album out and it's really fucking good. Like it would be at the top of like all college radio charts. Yeah, yeah. Like Pitchfork would like this record if it wasn't yeah. like like tra if, if it wasn't Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker on it, like I think this record would have had more of a fair shot. And including years later, because like again, it stands on its own where like you don't you don't have to be a blink fan to like this record, but I think the fact that it's two thirds of blink is always it's it's never not yeah, going to get in the way. Of course, and it kind of sucks that it's that way, but it's kind of just how it is. Yeah, and but I mean, like this song, "Baby Come On," is just such a good uh, example of that. Where it's yeah. like, I mean, fuck, this song just it stands on its own. I also remember the first song I heard from them, which will be the next one here in a minute. But when your heart stops beating was the first one I heard. And, you know, I mean, I'll give you my views on it here in a second, but like Baby Come On was the second song and that one hit me way more. Like I was stoked for When Your Heart Stops Beating. It's again, it's two thirds of Blink. I, you know, I love the band, but like 
Baby Come On, I think I was more like it's a song I appreciate more and more again as I get older. And like I'm and like years later, I was more like, oh, fuck, it is really good. But that one connected pretty fast. Like that one, I think even on first listen, I think I was like, this is like this is the song like of the two. I'm like, okay, this excites me more for the rest of the record. Yeah, definitely. Like like Lycanthrope was a good intro like to the to the album. Like obviously, like we kinda already went through it. But this is so different and it's not like an ode to blink or doesn't even like hint at blink really in any means. No. Nope. I think that's what I appreciate about it so much is just lyrically, musically, just the tone. It's just it's all so different. And yeah, like like you said, like this one hit me way more than the next song and still to this day i listen to it and i'm just like in awe of this song because also like it, it like lyrically it does pop out too in a way that like and and we've mentioned before like i love blink but it's like the lyrics are, have never been like you know i don't feel like you always listen to blink for like the deepest lyrics or the strongest lyrics but this song has really strong fucking lyrics like through and yeah. through it's a strong, like, lyrical song. You know, it's not just, like, a really kind of catchy, like, because Blink's good at that, where it's, like, a catchy, like, three-chord pop song, and the lyrics are fun to sing to, and there's the fun melody and shit. But this one's more, like, in a singer-songwriter sense, where it's, like, it's not about the... Me- like, actually, that's most of this album. This album's not really about, like, vocal melodies and shit like that. It's yeah. not... There's a couple... There's some good choruses, and they're kind of you can sing along, but not in that way of like like th- like this record came out of the perfect time. This album being mm-hmm. a November record is per- is fucking perfect. Like this is a winter record through and through. This is not oh, yeah. this is not roll your fucking windows down in July like driving down the coast kind of record. I mean, it's no. not it's not Enema of the State. It's not Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Like this is not your summer record. This is a fucking no. like winter cold it gets dark early like mm-hmm. it's funny because i mean i know they i know they recorded shit uh out in california and everything but like it does kind of conjure up like i don't know kind of that like i mean i think of the midwest that where it just gets fucking real cold and icy and snowy i know it gets dark early everywhere but just that whole fucking like december no like december yeah. january and like fucking central you know in the middle of america mm-hmm. basically yeah um it, it kind of has that uh that vibe but this song this song definitely is one of those where it's like yeah this yeah. isn't this is a nice like night song this is a good like oh. night oh, yeah. drive and shit like getting into like that stuff like best like, songs for like driving at night this is one to throw on a playlist and the probably one of my favorite things about this song and it's so weird because it's only connected via basically just like fan interpretation and just like outreach but on like youtube i remember seeing this ages ago someone made a quote-unquote music video of this and they just took scenes from internal sunshine of the spotless mind (laughs) oh really oh dude check it out perfectly oh it works so fucking perfect like if you were if you never saw that movie and you watched this video you'd be like whoa this is a dope music video oh nice i've never seen this i'll have to check this out like, and I'm pretty sure, I almost guarantee that it's got, like, a, a few million views on YouTube. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's, it's been up since, like, the song's been, like, has it been up, like, a really long time? Um, I believe so. Like, I, 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 
I remember thinking of it at first as like the music video and like, I was like, Oh cool. They like put the two together to make a cool music video to like promote the movie, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't that at all. It was just some random that uploaded like a video and kind of just like edited it together to like make it look good. And yeah, it's fucking solid, man. That's pretty rad. I'll have to go. I'll have to go check that out. Actually, um, not totally into this next one, but music video kind of made me think of the next song. I mean, do you have anything else for uh, "Baby Come On" before we uh, move on? No, it's a dope ass song. It is a dope ass <laughs> fucking song. But you, like you bring up music videos, obviously there's one for when your heart stops beating. But like thinking about the push on this album and like how much support the record label gave it. When Your Heart Stops Beating has, like, a lukewarm video, and then there's, like, a live video for, like, 155, and I think that's it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not I much just, of a push, yeah. dude. Yeah, and I just found it. Yeah, it, uh, it was uploaded 15 years ago. Holy and shit. Got, and, it's got, and it's got 3 million views. Oh, my God. That had to be, like, that's the first couple years of YouTube. That's a fucking OG right there. Yeah, because oh. YouTube started, I think, in, like, 05, 06. Yeah, that's fucking wild to think about yeah. that. Yeah, but yes, next song. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, you know, When Your Heart Stops Beating, this was my... Now, only only until I started doing research for this episode, I thought this was... Now, this was the first official song released, I believe, right? Didn't know it? Yes. Okay, that's right, because No It Isn't was leaked or something before this. No, no, no I don't think so. I thought something was... Le- something, I think, got leaked before this, but this was the first as far... This was my first introduction. This is the first song I heard, and I think the first song they released all together, officially released. Uh, t- technically, kind of. We'll get that's into what, that later. That's what I mean. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. then, I'm not trying to open a can of worms, but I was trying to figure that out because up until now, I was under the assumption this was the first song because this was my... Yeah. This was the first song I remember hearing. I remember him teasing the fuck out of the band before that. I mean, and we'll get into it, but like with uh, Carol and everything and mm-hmm. them just kind of teasing online and it being more electronic and all these different. It was more talk than anything. Like you heard a couple of things, them talk about a couple of things, not actually yeah, hear yeah. the songs. But uh, this was this was the buildup. This is, you know, this kind of is akin to Up All Night where you're waiting for a year or so. Like you're waiting for that fucking song like. You know, the, you, you got to hear something like, you know, they've been working on it. What are you going to get? And this is your first one. And uh, I mean, it's not a bad song, but it's I would say it's one of the weaker moments of the album. And really, I say one of the weaker moments, but really, it's probably my least favorite song. My, I mean, I would take interlude out, but like I, I think as far as songs go, probably my least favorite. I, I by no means hate the fuck out of this song, but like I, I will say Hearing it the first time, I think a lot of my merits on why I liked it was more of it's it's Travis and Mark. Like I, I think it yeah. took it took I think listen maybe three or four before I was re- like don't get me wrong after listen one I put that fucker on my MySpace profile that shit became my oh yeah one hundred percent like I was all about it in that sense but like I think my true ex- like. When I was truly into the song as much as I was pretending to be, I think was after a few listens. But like, again, it's not, it's not a terrible, terrible song. But like, when you're thinking of an introduction, and again, like we were just talking, you know, we've, we've mentioned this enough. Like, the hype and the buildup of being your first, your first post Blink band, 
in your first, you know, people's reception of you and what they're going to think. I don't think this was the right one to start with. Yeah. And that's why I kind of brought it up uh, during the first song is that like this very, like, like Lycanthrope could have been the first single, but maybe with the label, but maybe with the label and kind of being like, well, we need to do this. Maybe it was more the label's decision to push this first. I could see them doing some stupid shit too, being like, because Lycanthrope, uh, what's the second verse? Like sex, fucking fluorescent lighting, some cheesy line like that, but them being like, uh, no, there's sweat. Like we need a, we need a radio clean, like just yeah. some dumb shit like that kind of thing mm-hmm. where like top radio, like top 40 won't like rock radio might play this, but like top 40 will want you to like censor this or clean, you know what I mean? Like it Maybe, could really yeah. be some politics, which you don't see so much now, but some of those bullshit major label politics you hear so much about from like, you know, like the nineties and eighties into like, you know, the two into like when major labels still kind of had money. This is like the final years of that really. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I, I think. But uh, yeah, because um, honestly, for me personally, like like same as you, like it was like I liked the song at first because it was like you know there was the relation to Blink and it kind of had that type of speed to it. But honestly, like for me, like not the strongest song, not the strongest single. Um, but Travis's drums on this are really fucking good. They are, you know what? Those <laughs> his hi hat work, yeah, throughout the whole record is super good. Dude, I was just about no, dude, dude. I was just about to say I'm so happy. I thought you were gonna say the hi hat for the songs. I was about to say, oh, dude, this whole record. There's parts on this where I go, he's fucking doing some crazy things on that, like specifically that hi hat. Yeah, like part of me is almost like part of me now. Now that I've gotten older with this record, it's the one thing I kind of like about this song. And that's really about it. Like everything else is okay. It's like the the song's okay. Like it's fine. I, I wouldn't do. have pushed it as a single. Like I don't like you said. I don't hate this song. It's just it's kind of it's all not nowhere near as close. But it's kind of jokingly has like the uh, all the small things. I miss you heat. Where it's just like I can totally skip this song and not worry about it. See, that's a good. You know what? That's a good way of putting it. Where it's like, yeah, I'm probably if I'm listening to this album front to back, sure I'll listen to it. But like. If I'm gonna put on like a random plus forty four song, it's not gonna be this one. This yeah, isn't this okay. isn't the one I pick. It's like I also say like I know it wasn't, or more than likely it wasn't, but this song feels like it was the first song written for the band. Like in my idea, this was this song almost feels like it was written to be a single. Like it, it kind of has that vibe, like where it's like this is what we're gonna sound like, and it's also like like this is who we are now but forced like in a way like i feel like they're getting that like the song obviously is influenced by like some new you know it kind of has that new wave vibe and kind of that like you know like kind of like 80s kind of Mm kind of like thing to it but they do it so much better on other songs on this record they get that right later on there's songs where they do it later where i go oh fuck they probably wrote four or five more songs and got into the groove of things this one feels like it's their first attempt at it yeah, because like, and it's funny that you say that because for me, this is almost feels like one of the last songs written, kind of like what they did with Toy Padge, and be like, hey, you guys need a single. This is like the rock show you're saying. Yeah, it's like rock show in first day. I like, have it's a, like, it, it's funny. like I, that's how I felt about it, and they had just had to push out like a a quick single to get some radio play, and they're like, okay, this is the song. Could be totally wrong. That's how I feel. It's odd, dude, because I feel a little bit of both because I do have that vibe where I'm like. I feel like this is them being like, this is our first, like, this is us. We're not blink now, but we're kind of, you know what I mean? Like, cause there, there is, there are parts about this that do have, 
maybe not not sonically, but like even just the way it's written, where I kind of go, this is a little more in the vein of Blink, but it's weird, dude, because I feel that about certain elements, but then at the same time, again, I go, I feel like it was the first song not written for the band particularly, but once they did that that jump from because originally they were going to be more electronic, yeah. they were going to yes. be. Like when they were jumping over to we're gonna be a full band, that's what I feel like this was the first song when they're like we're gonna we're gonna do it more heavy and we're gonna like we are gonna bring in like elements of blink i felt I feel like this is their first attempt at that, and again, later on the eighties and new wave thing and everything they they fucking hit really well, they do very well on this record later on this song I'm just like. I see what you're trying to do and you kind of do it, but not, not to the way that you should. And really it is funny because like looking back now and you don't, you don't realize it, but I mean, I, I, we talked about this like with Insomniac and I'm sure a a bunch of other records we've talked about, but like there is something to say about your first single off a record, like your first impression of it being a strong one and releasing the wrong single and shit and giving the like, you know, your interpretation and shit it can really kind of because actually really um, I, I wanted to bring this up too, going back as, as I brought up a couple times with uh, Ava. But it's like this song, just the first singles, like I think I think of the first singles that like you hear from the band. So I always I always kind of think of when your heart stops beating and then I think of the adventure. And as far as first impressions of a band go, I think the adventure is such a stronger like like single and lead off of something like Mm -hmm. even though it's so and that one's very different from blink too but like i feel like that song seems much more fully realized and more like of a this is what i'm doing now you know what i mean like if you were gonna go this is my song to show people what my first album post blink is gonna sound like and i don't sound like blink anymore and i'm and you know i write i sound i'm influenced by you two and the police and like i i add synth and this and that I think that song's a good interpretation of it. Like that song's a good summary of what the rest of that record will be like in a positive way, which also that record went gold where when your heart stops beating, I think it's a, it's a, again, the idea is there, but it's not fully realized. Whereas if they tried a different, like lycanthrope, I think that, I think we can agree. That's probably the best song that they should have started with. Mm-hmm. I I think leading off of that, people could have heard it and went, okay, it's more realized and it's more mature than Blink, but it also had, you know what I mean? There's a little, yeah, yeah. there's a little Blink element, but it's like, we hear what you're doing and it sounds, I don't know. I think that's just a lot stronger. This is just a lukewarm. Yeah. This song is just not the strongest on an album with really strong fucking songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it kind of missed its mark, but I think it, it, it tried to do what they wanted it to do, but it just, it fell short. Yeah, and uh, I, I, yeah, just like fate, I think this one also fell short. Um, <laughs> this time, yeah, this time. Uh, any anything to add on this one, or should we stop shitting on when your heart stops beating? Uh, I've wiped my butt. I'm ready to go on. <laughs> now, this song is a another one of my favorites on the album, and I think really when you talk about that, like just winter album. I think this is one of the most wintry. I, I think <laughs> this this and uh, in a couple more songs we get to like one of the saddest fucking songs I think Mark's ever written. But this is also uh, up there. I think Little Death. Uh, I fucking love this song. This is this is one too that over the years like I don't remember really. 
I remember listening to the album when it came out, and I don't ever remember even thinking twice about this song. It was whatever. And then, I don't know, maybe the last, not even not even on this last listen, like, I don't know, maybe the last, like, eight, nine, decade of listening to this record, I uh, this has become one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I, how What is your general consensus on this song? Is this up there? Is this one you can live without? No, this is this this is definitely up there for me. Like this is this is for me at least, like out of Mark songs. Like this was like my introduction to like really dark Mark. Yes. Um just because his he has such a low register throughout the verses in this song. Oh, I love and, his like, voice on it. It works it, so fucking well. And it's it's so good and I can't like I can't think differently about this song in any other way i I can't be like oh well what if they did this or maybe they should have done whatever this like for me like as a mark hoppus song like just plus 44 whatever just a mark hoppus song in general this is one of my absolute favorites you know it's interesting too because when you think of you think of 2006 and also also because the album came out November 14th of 2006 I also think a lot more about like the year to you know like 2007 just cuz it, it's kind of kind of towards that but like you think of what was coming out around that time and shit obviously emo was a big thing and also a lot of bands who were influenced by Blink but like there's so many bands who would write quote unquote emo lyrics that just were cheesy as fuck and just like you know sad to be just to be sad you know what i mean like you're mm-hmm. you're purposely going out of your way where this song is very melancholic like very i don't even know if melancholic's a word it's very melancholy and uh <laughs> it's just it it's in many ways i mean if you want to throw the term emo around sure it's an emo song but it's so it's done so fucking well like even mark has written again like for lack of a better term emo lyrics that are just like i mean even the lyrics to i miss you are kind of cheesy like we can oh, yeah. live like Jack and Sally and shit like that. Like all the nightmare before Christmas, like uh, imagery. Like I get it, and I know it means something to him. Like I'm not shitting on it that way, but I'm like, this is more sincere in my way. Where this is just straight up, like this is a sad, dark song. But it's not try. It's not just writing cheesy fucking emo lyrics. Like he hits, he hits the fucking mark on this one lyrically. Yeah. Like the whole thing's just really fucking good. And another, it reminds me a lot, like. Because there are those songs on this record. There's the ones that are a little more like louder rock. And I mean, this one does in the chorus, but this one reminds me a lot of uh, Baby Come On, where like it's another one where mm-hmm. very different, plays with dynamics, is not a song that I think Blink could have uh, pulled off. I do- this is one I will say, I don't think Tom could have, get, like, not just voice, but guitar wise. I don't see Tom playing guitar on this song. Not even that. No. It's nothing, it, it has nothing to do with it being like too technically proficient or anything like that. It's just not how he plays. He could, yeah, exactly. He wouldn't play this song like that. And you need, you need the nuances and you need those little subtle things of this song that Tom wouldn't do. Tom, Tom just couldn't do that. It wouldn't yeah. work. Um, yeah, it, no, no. Nah. Again, I, I can't hear Tom anywhere on this record and for me i like that i know a lot of people will be like oh well it sucks because he's not there fuck you i don't care no I, i'm <laughs> you know and that's a good point that i've never i'm not going to pretend that i've thought of it before you bringing it up but you bring up a great fucking point that i don't i it doesn't sound like a record that tom would improve it doesn't sound like songs that tom tom would uh be on but that's a good thing like it's, yeah it's exactly a, it's a very good thing you know mm-hmm. 
Because really, that's the other thing is, sure, this album, like, I also give credit where credit's due. This record is really fucking good, and it's gotten better with time. Now, as far as it's selling well or being, you know, the right career move for Travis or Mark, maybe not so much. But, sure, at the time, had they just rehashed a Blink record under plus 44, it pro- really, that might have been the thing to do. Maybe you would have, maybe radio would have played you more had you had you just tried to... Like, you know, we're going to write song, not even, not even go through the self-titled thing. Even if they're like, we're going to write songs, like all the small things, like we're going to write like Enema of the State songs again. Like they probably could have gone on the radio and shit like that. Like, I feel like they could have gotten more of a, cause I, I think as time went on, they did, you know, I know they, I know they did like the rock show and what's my age again and shit live, but I do think with time, they were a little more like relaxed about the blink legacy part and kind of mm-hmm. uh, acknowledging that where I think in the, in the beginning, they were trying to distance themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause like they, I remember they asked, there was an interview where they asked, you know, uh, Mark and Travis about, Oh, we heard, you know, Tom's playing, you know, I miss you and down live. Will you ever bring blink songs into your plus 44 set? And there was a while where they were saying they wouldn't do that. And then they did it. And a bunch of people called them hypocrites, which I get the idea of why you would do that. But then in later interviews, they, accepted and acknowledged the like the, the blink legacy and they still wanted to you know you know let people know that that's still a thing but like in the moment like when this record came out they were just like we want it we just want plus 44 we don't want we don't want blinks fingerprints on this just yet we want it to stand on its own first yeah and i, I think they they ended up handling it i i think well and i also think like including cover wise because We've all seen the videos of those Angels and Airwaves, uh, the, those early Blink covers of, like, mm-hmm. I, I Miss You and stuff. And oh. there, there's some <laughs> – yeah, there, there, are no word, there are no words for that. Thank God they stopped doing that. But, like, at least with Mark and Travis, they do those. They sounded good. Like, they could cover those songs, and they did it well. Like, they kind of carried the Blink legacy in a respectful manner, I would say. Yeah. You know, like, sure, I get why you wouldn't want – but it's just like, like, look at it. If you're like, that's always going to follow you, like no matter what, if you're in a band and then you go on to another band. But there is a difference when you're that and you're that like size of a band. Like, again, like this is not like just some, you know, there's so many random pop punk bands where it's like, oh, yeah, this singer left and like they weren't good anymore. But it's like me, I could say that and 300 other people would know who that was and no one else would give a fuck or know who the band was. Blink-182, people know that. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like that, like people... Everyone knows that people, including at the time, like they were fucking huge. Like they were a big thing in, in pop culture and shit. So it's like when, when you break up and go on to the next thing, it's even more like you're even more watched than, uh, than, you know, the normal, the normal person. But I think you have to find that balance. I mean, you watched it with fallout boy a couple years, you know what, like five years after blink where they broke up and they all kind of wanted to do different things. Like, no, we're not like, we're doing something different. You know whether that's right or wrong, and I don't think it is. It sucks from the fan base, but it's like a lot of them were real fucking mean about it. Where it's like if you, you know, you can't pretend like that didn't exist. You can't pretend you can't abandon the last like fifteen years of your career or the reason why people give a fuck about you. Like, like I get trying to, but at the same time, you have to do it in a certain way because I do think if fans think you're abandoning it or you're like shitting on that legacy or somehow. Like, you know, just doing them wrong in a way, um, I think it can come back to bite you in the ass. I know I felt yeah. that way. It's funny. 
Plus 44, I never felt that way. But with Angels and Airwaves, it took me a while to really get into them because in this weird fucking way, I did feel slighted that Tom was so that it was so different. <laughs> like, like I like now I look back and laugh, but it's like even I was one of those people where I'm like, oh my god, like he does like he's not wearing Atticus anymore. His hat's not backwards. Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. which now it's like, he fucking grew up. He turned 30. Like he fucking, that, that's it. He, he changed. He, he, he wanted to do something different. Like I totally get it. But like as a 14 year old, I was even for a minute kind of like, what the fuck is this shit with like some of the angels and airwave stuff? I'm like, like, fuck this. Like, and then yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. including like, and I, and I obviously turned around and I wasn't that way anymore. I went and saw him live and shit and I saw him uh, around I empire. So, I mean, he had gotten that out of his system, but like when you see him abandoning blink that way, and then you go see like those covers that they were doing live and you're just watching those YouTube videos. Ugh. I was like, yeah, just in this way where like, I was not in the Tom camp for a minute where uh, with plus forty four, I don't think I ever had that. Like I think plus forty four just handled it in a in a be- which again, like I, I think you kind of watched the trial and error happen. Where in the beginning they were maybe too far away from it, but uh, I, I think long term, like I appreciate it again because had they just shit out like the if they if they worried about that too much and just shit out like a rehash of something that sounded like two thirds of Blink wrote it. 15 years later it probably wouldn't be very good whereas sure it didn't sell well but 15 years later i'm like my god this album's better than it was when it came out yeah absolutely but uh this song uh i mean just the whole thing's fucking great uh even mm-hmm. even just little like a little death makes life more meaningful like his hooks on this record like th- that's fucking great that's a great yeah. fucking line well and it, what's so great is like i remember trying to like i don't remember if i heard it in an interview or what but i remember like being like hearing about what little death meant and i i thought it was so funny when i like heard it or figured out whatever it was that it's like french it's like a french translated term for basically an orgasm which i thought was awesome wait it is (laughs) yeah i didn't know that oh yeah yeah yeah. it's like it's it trans like (laughs) like, there's a french term it translates to little death and it's basically about like uh that song's a cum joke yeah (laughs) I didn't know. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, my world's turned upside down. Oh man! God damn, I didn't know that. I mean, I believe that. That sounds like something. Uh, I mean, that doesn't sound like it's out of the wheelhouse of Mark mm-hmm. Hoppus. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. It's still like uh, like it's he it's shit a like sense that. Of humor. Yeah. It, yeah. There's shit like that where like. You like you're like little death like okay it's a weird name for a song whatever and then when i heard or looked it up or whatever it was however i found it out i was just like yes this is <laughs> yes mark he still got it <laughs> oh that is that is awesome yeah um, do you, you got anything else for a little nope. death shall nope. we move I, on i i came and went <laughs> just like just like <laughs> the song all right, 155. Now, this is what I'm talking about. When we're talking about, like, obviously, you know, the band wanted some of that. Like, like, also, like, newer indie bands of, at least of the time. Now they're 15 years old, but it's like, you know, a lot of, like, indie synth bands going on uh, at the time of this release were influenced by it. But obviously, there's also that 80s and, like, new wave influence. This song, to me, is that kind of like it, it's what what your heart stops beating what they wanted that to be this to me is that song like this is 
this might also be I don't I don't know that this would have been the strongest opener like first like leadoff single. I don't know that I would say that. I still think Lycanthrope would be better. But I do think if you were going to go for, hey, we're doing this kind of dark, but you like it's dark, but you can dance to it kind of thing. Like that 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 kind of thing that a lot of these plus forty four mm-hmm. songs have, this is one of the ones where they fucking hit it. Like like they this song is so fucking good. Like I love this song. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I'm kind of on the, like, like I, I do love the tones. Like, the tones are great. Like, I love, like, the synthy kind of 80s, like, new wavy stuff. The synth has done the best on the, of yeah. all of them. Yeah. I think whoever that, played synth on this did it very that, well. It, it is literally my main note on this song because this is one of my least favorite songs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. it's I love the chorus. I, I will not deny That's the chorus one of the best parts, great. though. We can agree on and, that. That is, like, the best yeah. part of the song. Besides and, that synth. And, and, and the tones are good, but I think it's just the verses kind of take me out of it. And also the music video didn't do anything for me. That's the live just, one, right? It's a live behind-the-scenes music video. And I, I guess it just maybe took me out of the song a little bit. And even now when I'm older, when I hear this song, I'm like, ah. <laughs> it's, I won't skip it, but it's like I, I have to muscle through it a little bit. It's fun. So it sounds like the verses are your main problem. Yeah, and like, and they're not terrible. I just this song has never clicked with me like, like deeply. But the the music is good, and I love that chorus. Yeah, and see, I can't. But, first, I, but yeah, I can't disagree with much with you because the core, not that or not the verse, not that I hate the verse or anything like that. But I mean, if we're talking about the reasons why I love the song, yeah, the verse is like that's at the way bottom of the list. Like it's, it's not, it's that chorus. It's that big fucking chorus. And also, yeah, that, that synth line is just so, mm-hmm. but again, what I like about it is that synth line is really kind of like, it, it's like kind of uh I don't know if evil's even the right word, but there's something about it. It's like almost, there's just something about it. Like it's, it's uneasy. It's not a super happy sounding like, like line or anything like that, but it's like this real dark song it has like a fucking danceability to it. Like it's this, it's just really well, it's just really well done. Like it, it's this like yin and yang of the song where there's like kind of two vibes going on at the, at the uh, same time. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, we've brought up like the hi-hat I got to say is another part. The hi-hat in this song, fucking great. Just really like that, that rhythmic thing that uh, Travis is doing on it um, is just fucking top notch. Like that one, yeah. that, that one I actually wrote, written down. Like I agree with you the whole the whole album hi hat is uh fucking exceptional, but uh this one I wrote that down specifically. I'm like I love his fucking hi hat work on this. Yeah, it like again, not a bad song. Like I, I we say this a lot, like when it comes to like like any other album we've talked about, we're like, I don't hate this song. Yeah, it's just but not blah, the blah, best blah, blah. one. <laughs> yeah. Like if I was like like you said, if I was gonna put on a bunch of songs and I wanted to put a plus forty four one on, this would not be it. No. But but I would be able to at least like appreciate certain things about it, like the synth, like the drum work, and just like you know certain tones that are just you know kind of sprinkled in throughout the song. I'll appreciate the hell out of it, but like it, t- I gotta, I gotta get through those verses for some reason. <laughs> and maybe just maybe the music video just ruined it for me. But like, like all in all, I don't hate the song. It's just on this record, it's one of my least favorites. It's also, it is, it is weird. Like you do, you do have to, you do get the feeling that like 
uh, Interscope just kind of like just gave up on this after when your heart stops beating. Because like even the fact that the second song was just that like compiled of like live videos was because really when you think about it, this is like the the final era of like music videos where they did still kind of where you would put some money into them. Like if you're on a major label, like they'd put some money into a good music video and like. Sure, MTV wasn't playing all the time, but they still would get played. Like, that was still a time, like, uh, like uh, five years later, I get it. Like, I mean, I feel like, including in the 2010s, most music videos, like, I won't say most, but, like, three out of five are fucking live, are basically live montages. Like, yeah. it's, it's cheap, and it's a promotional thing, and I get it, because there was a time where, like, and it still is, but, like, now YouTube's kind of looked at as the alternative TV but then it was kind of looked yeah. at where MTV and shit's not doing anything, and all we're doing is putting this video on YouTube. Not really in the monetizing yeah. idea. It's just we're putting it up as a promotional thing. So it would just be we have zero budget. We're just doing a live video. Whereas yeah. with this, it just seems careless. There should have been yeah. a fucking music video for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the way I've been seeing live music videos for the last number of years is, like, in my head, it's, like, I, if I see, like, a, a live behind-the-scenes you know, kind of home video type music video. All I think about is like, oh, this band probably wants to do a tour and they need to like show people like how how much fun they're having and like the cool shit they do on tour. So people go to see them. Like I never thought of that, but that's a great it, fucking point. It, it's been my thought process for a number of years. Anytime I see a band do a live music video, I'm like, oh, they're going to go on tour soon. Or like, <laughs> this is like the end of the album cycle. Like, they're going to go on tour and then they're going to record the next album or whatever. You have a great point because that goes just along with that as well as the idea of this isn't getting on TV or anything. We're just doing it kind of as a promotional vehicle and just something to get out there. That is because just like they'll tell you albums and shit aren't selling either. We're, we're getting the live shows. Like we want yeah. people out live. So it's like, that totally makes sense too. what you're saying. It's like, we're going to do live video to try to get you out here. It's going to cost us. I mean, we'll get a fucking guy out there with a camera, like, for a week like if that maybe a day or two like or if not we just compile a bunch of shit it might not even be one person like we just compile a bunch of live shit and uh yeah it costs us next to nothing and mm-hmm. it gets us out there and then hopefully yeah we'll, we'll sell some tickets which sucks like i get i get it but at the same time it makes you miss it also makes you appreciate when bands do actual music videos now i think oh absolutely yeah yeah you know when it's an actual music video and it's actually like put together and well thought out and shit. It's mm-hmm. like you, you do kind of, you appreciate it more now, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, like on this, I just feel like it was fucking careless. Like if you're, if you're inner scope in, uh, you know, by the time you're pushing this song, uh, yeah, make a fucking music video. And even when your heart stops beating, like I went back and watched it for this. It is, it is pretty cheesy. I mean, it, it's of the time. Like there, I'm sure that it's not a cheap video. I'm sure it costs money to make, but, uh, just kind of a cheesy uh generic video where like again like maybe had they put some more money into it like it's just it's wild because again like i feel like but maybe you know the other thing though too is it makes you wonder did the did the label back it from the get-go because sure they signed them and actually um i think though too contractually they might have still been obligated because yeah they're on interscope but i think that it was still somehow connected to uh, i think blink was signed to geffen Mm-hmm. But I yeah. I thought it was connected in some way where like really because con- also uh, I think Angels and Airwaves was on fu- or no no Angels and Airwaves might have been on Geffen so maybe I'm fucking that up I think Angels and Airwaves was on Geffen so maybe 
Maybe they did jump to Interscope. I don't know. But anyway, I wonder how much belief the label had in this album for really being a mainstream success because sure they signed them because it's Mark and Travis. You know, like you have that where it's like, okay, it's gonna there's some sellability because it's it's fucking Mark and Travis a blink, but it's like I wonder if they were just like we don't we don't hear a single or this is this is either too different or too experimental or what like I wonder if yeah. there was some of that before it even came out. That's possible. Because really, like you like I look back now and I never thought you really don't think about it at the time. I don't think it's something. I mean, maybe I I guess I shouldn't say that. I kind of noticed on on neighborhoods and I remember them kind of talking about it. Like at that point, um, you know, label not really pushing things like maybe they should have, but like. Um, on this one, like I would, I would just think that you, you would want to get it out there more. Like you would push that money, but it just, it makes me think they went, you know, you guys aren't like, we just don't, we don't, we don't see it here. Like it's not, yeah. it's not going to be the, uh, the big seller that we want it to be, which is unfortunate, but, uh, I, I guess that's the fate of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of the same with boxcar race though. You think about that, like that was on a major label, but I mean, I don't know that it was pushed all that hard. No, like both, of, like both, of, like that's why I feel like it's such a good comparison to like label boxcar that more than forty four. Yeah, compared to Ava, just because like like Tom was so out there for Angels and Airwaves and like yes. all the stuff leading up to it that people listened to it out of either love for Blink, love for Tom. Or sheer curiosity on how weird he fucking was. I mean, this like, is going to be the greatest fucking music of the you know, last like yeah. thirty years. He was going to revolutionize the world. You, you hear stuff like that, and even if like you don't like the guy, you almost want to hear it either for how out there, how stupid is this song or this album going to sound, or it's going to be the exact opposite. We're like, wow, this guy's really saying some stuff, and it sounds different. It does sound unique for the time, the person, and just the just everything about it. And but honestly, like, to be honest, um honestly to be honest, uh <laughs> his his fucking craziness and shit, I mean, I don't think that's particularly what fueled people to listen to it. But but it, m- it influenced the thought. Or to go or yeah, well I'm not even yeah, I guess I, the way I just said that sounds like a shit on your point. I'm not, I'm actually agreeing with you. What I mean by it is is I'm sure once they get there, the music is good, but what you're saying makes total sense because when you think about it, sure, he's fucking rambling and stuff, but that album went gold, and When Your Heart Stops Beating didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like Mark and Travis didn't talk to the press for a year prior, and again, I get why. But they <laughs> and Mark and Tom was all up in the press. And Tom was all up in them in that fucking press, and like he was doing the opposite. He was, he was building shit up and stuff in a way – that Mark and Travis weren't, which Mark and Travis look more normal. Tom looks fucking crazy in those interviews, but angels and airwaves did get a gold record out of that and became a band that, you know, obviously to this day, Tom can sustain and still, even though he's not playing arenas, they're still yeah. playing theaters and shit. Like, yeah, he sustained it more than plus 44 was able to be sustained. Yeah. And like, who knows? Like really, really who knows how much was put into everything with plus 44. Obviously, like they didn't talk about it much, like in the beginning. And when they did, then they stopped until basically the record came out. And then there was no big promotional, you know, you know, shit for it. Yeah, there was like a couple music videos, but it wasn't like it was massively pushed. You know, maybe that was potentially by design because they didn't need all the big publicity and they just wanted to put out a record. 
that sounded different but still had like their creative elements to it and then maybe the second record would have been pushed more because now it's at least an established band yeah and now now that people get an idea of what it sounds like now we can really do the plus 44 thing whether whether it would have taken off or not who fucking knows but the the way the albums were approached maybe that was their thing maybe they just wanted a low-key record and if it did well cool if it didn't at least they fucking tried i don't know their thought process so i don't know where they're at on it um but like part of me kind of feels like that they just kind of wanted to do something because that was what they wanted they wanted to continue to write music together and because it wasn't pushed so hard maybe that wasn't their main focus See, I don't know, and you're right. I mean, at at the end of the day, we don't, you know, we we don't know. But I would just think, I do think they didn't want it just on the laurels of Blink. Like, I think they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to continue and go on. But at the same time, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't have wanted this pushed a little more and tried to be, because also there is a part of it where the more you push it, the more it might help you to get out of the, we're the guys from blink. Whereas, oh, of course, you know what I mean? Where it's like, if you push it more and you try to continue that people start looking, which you'll always still have it. Tom still has it. You'll always kind of be the guy from blink from, for a big chunk of your fan base, but still you get away from a little more where if people initially listen to you that one time for like when your heart stops beating, they go like, Oh, it's that song from those two guys from blink. But then there's nothing else to like follow it up. Like, cause you know, the angels and airwaves, I don't, I don't think they ever commercially really like the adventure probably is the single biggest song they have. I mean, they've had other songs that are big and I've heard other songs on the radio. Like they still, they still get like radio playing shit like that, but like they could continue on and shit. Whereas yeah, with plus 44, they kind of had that one song and there really wasn't a push for other things, you know, where, yeah. and, and it is, we already said it, but like with angels and airwaves, yeah, they were a lot more in your face with being out there and stuff. Whereas, uh, I mean, even like with music videos, I mean, they had a whole fucking documentary and DVD, like all ready to go. And they had these huge music videos and shit where with plus 44, they had one music video which is really lackluster, and then they have a live, a fucking live music video, which I hate to even really call. You know, it's a music video, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. It's not a. Re- you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Like anyone could have made that video. Yes, yes. It's. I mean, yeah. by the sounds of it, I've never even seen it. But the baby come on video you're talking about that a fan just put together with like fucking montage of a of a movie sounds yeah. better. You know, sounds like it's probably more creative and more fitting to the song than just some fucking you know live live video. Yeah. But uh, moving on, moving on, unless you have anything else for that, which I I was going to say, I don't think you do. Um, Moving on to uh, Lillian, I would say, I mean, Little Death is a sad song, but Lillian says, get the fuck out of the way and uh, is really, really fucking uh, takes its place for, uh, I'm going to say saddest song on the album. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can put it up. I'll put it up there. It's uh, it's uh it's another one too that I could never see Blink doing. This is not a song, no. and again going back to that, like because something that's very interesting I thought a lot about when thinking of this is again five years earlier is Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I think of that era, and really a few years before that is Enema. So I mean, if you think of the Enema Take Off Your Pants and Jacket era of the band, yes, it was a while. There was a little time in between, but not a lot when you think about it. There's like five six years from there. And I just go, I don't see, I don't see Mark just a few years earlier ever writing a song like this where Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
obviously the breakup had a lot to do with it. Maybe that was maybe he never could have written like this had they not broken up. I don't know. But like this song, you just I think of the progression in such a short amount of time. There's a lot of other artists who in five, six years, I mean, maybe they'll progress, but I don't I don't think they'll change things up or be able to write songs uh, so so drastically different and improved too in a way. Um you know, just just in that way, because again, this is a. I don't know. I really, I really like this song. It's a very sad one, but uh, it's yeah. also a really good fucking song. Yeah, it's one. It's one of my favorites. I would say easy top five. Uh, plus forty four song. Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot to choose from, but it, <laughs> it's definitely in my top. You know, songs from them. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely like a sadder, like darker song. Uh, it's one of those like like we've talked about this but not everyone's heard this yet how you said uh on a phone call that like you're unsure if that second verse is actually about tom or not because it's one of those again where you know you can try to poke and pry and try to find things that may not be there but the second verse very much kind of feels like a is this a jab at tom type of thing (laughs) well the other the other thing too is like i i think kind of feeding into even if it's it is a jab at Tom, but like even just being in Blink territory is the song altogether seems very introspective. Like it sounds like Mark kind of thinking, which again when you think of his age, kind of looking back on on his life throughout the year, kind of more like his teenage. I feel like his teenage into like early twenties and shit, which is also goes into fucking Blink territory, like starting in Blink and shit like that. And it it does sound like just a song that. Yeah, it's just kind of where he was at that time where you, you do. I mean, once that band falls apart, you probably do look back on your life at, up to that point and uh, every, you know, everything with the band and everything outside of it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those songs where, like, the beginning of it doesn't sound so much like it's about Blink. It's that second that second verse and shit. But, again, it goes into it. Like, it's it's kind of going on along with his life. And I, I don't think it's totally far-fetched to, yeah, say that second half is going into fucking the breakup. And it's possible, but I do know that, like, the song Lily, like, the the title Lillian is about, I think, the woman who was, like, part of the Homeowners Association or something like that of San Diego. And she had, like, super, super strict, like, rules about, like, you know, like, what you can and can't have on, like, your property. And that's, I know, I think shortly after that, Mark ended up moving to L.A., Oh shit! And then, and then eventually moved to London. You know, at the later, uh, I forget about that. Like two thousand, like I don't, I know, I know. It's when like two thousand eleven or twelve. I think. Is, so I think he was still doing like his that. few show. It was weird because he was doing his yeah. few show. I think, but like flying back and forth. Yeah, exactly. He was flying back and forth during that, and so I know he was living in London. I just don't know if he like moved to L.A. then London or if he moved to London shortly after this. But I do know that the na- the the person Lillian is specifically about that person and like all the like I guess like the shit that she was trying to do for like the people of San Diego and like people were just like not having it. Oh so, shit! Like, I never so, knew like, that. So when you like look into the lyrics, you know you can totally like you can picture it once you know that quote unquote. Well, that fact. whole line makes but me it, feel like a tourist. The pl- what is the place I used to live makes me feel yeah. like a tourist. Yeah, it's yeah, the very opening line. But yeah, so like that's why like part of me is like 
that second verse, probably not about Tom, but it's so easy to pick that out and be like, oh, yeah, that's totally about him, even if it isn't. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a funny thing. And, and I mean, it, it is admittingly a thing where like and, and don't get me wrong, 100 percent. There are jabs of Tom on this record, like no matter oh, sure. what, 100 percent there's jabs in him. But the problem is that, yeah, as a listener, like knowing the context of when this came out, knowing you know, just, just everything you know about it. Like if you went in this and didn't know anything about blink, then it, you wouldn't, you'd think nothing of it, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But cause it's not like he's outwardly saying, you know, it's not like there's a song on here. That's just literally titled fuck you, Tom DeLong. <laughs> like, unless you know the backstory, you wouldn't have any clue that it's about, yeah. you know, so much about blinks breakup, but knowing that shit, it's hard not to, th- I mean, but it's the same thing where like, if you were, I don't I don't know like even if it was like a band like like someone like the lead singer in a band had like a really public like marriage or uh you know just dating someone and then they broke up and an album came out not long after if there's songs that sound like they're about breaking up or like kind of being bitter and angry you're gonna it, you can't help but assume that those songs are probably about that event you know what I mean like it's just one of those it's one of those things so you can't write an angry bitter record after Blink broke up and not and not listen to some of these lyrics and start going, oh, they're about Tom. But, yeah, the problem is you you do it as a listener, I think, without even being able to help yourself. Just being a Blink fan, you can't help yourself yeah. but kind of think, oh, fuck, is that line about Tom? Oh, fuck, is that line about Tom? Yeah, We're and really- I hate I – hate- I hate doing it, but it's just like it it's just so ingrained happened. in me. Yeah, yeah, like I've just accepted it. Like I don't even feel bad about it. I just have ex- accepted it, and I think, I think most people have. Um, it probably bo- I think at one point it bothered Mark. I don't know that he. Hopefully, he's kind of understood that now. Where it's like, I don't think it's under anyone's control. I think if you're just a big Blink fan and you know what went down at that time and how the first breakup went and shit, yeah, you can't help but think it. Of course, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. I all in all, like I think this is like a super super dope song. Like I, I just think this is another one of those like perfect examples for me, where it's just like this is just a good Mark song. I don't care what band it's in; it's just a good Mark song. I I also like I I think the bridge is different for him. Like this bridge, a lot of times you'll just get these like real quick instrumentals, and it like. Yeah, he'll throw a fifth in on the bass or something. This is like it's a whole second part of the song almost, and I love that fucking that that bridge is one of the best parts. And then back into the chorus, like that that is so great. Like I think it's 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 another example of Mark getting out of his comfort zone and writing better. The only you know it's funny though. The only thing I would change about this song, I would make the chorus heavier and just to really stretch to really bring home that whole quiet verse loud chorus like i feel like they could have fucking beefed it up more but one thing about this record and and me and you talked about it last time um not when we were not recording so i guess no one's heard it but um jerry finn came in to produce this record but way later on like at the end of it so this record really was mostly produced by mark and travis like by them like their first time like doing kind of self recording and self-producing mm-hmm. in that way. And uh, I think there's times on this album where if Jerry Finn was there earlier, I think it would – like shit like this where I go, I, I think I think someone who knew what they were doing more could have could have made it sonically just figured – some or heard that more where they go to really stress these parts, like make this part louder. or Because they're doing that anyway. Like obviously that's what they're going for. It's the heavy part. But I think it could be beefed up and pushed up more in a way that – 
I think if you're doing that the first time, you're going to miss. But I think if you had someone like Jerry Finn in right away. But at the same time, here's the other – here's – and I love this because, I, I mean, I'm thinking out loud, so I kind of go both ways. But, like, it sucks. In a way, I think it's weird. I don't know. I think it kind of sucks that Jerry Finn wasn't there earlier on just because I love what he does with people. He's my all-time favorite producer. But at the same time, maybe this album wouldn't sound – maybe this album would sound too much like Blink if sure. Jerry Finn was there earlier on. You know? Yeah, who knows? Like, it's – you know, like – it's that whole thought process of like, you know, they always said like, oh, you know, Jerry Finn's like that fourth member of Blink, that kind of. Oh, he really was. When, when they were having trouble like fi- figuring things out, he would be the one to like set arrangements or like, you know, kind of tell them what to do. And for the most part, it always, it always worked. But like, I also like the thought of like, okay, well, these guys are trying to do it on their own. You know, let's see what they can do. And obviously there's some of these songs that like, you know, maybe don't have the best quality to them, you know, like, you know, audio wise or mixing wise or whatever, but that there's some charm to that, you know, like whether, whether someone was involved with it or not, like, you know, there's still something about that. That's, you know, that's nice to know that. So like, this is a completely like homegrown song. And then there's certain things where it's like, Oh yeah, this person helped produce this. And like, sometimes you can just tell, like who produced what or like, Oh, who had their hands on this record based on the tones and stuff like that. But I do like that fact that like, you know, he wasn't all over it because it still was, you know, plus 44 at the heart. And then he came in later and obviously, you know, kind of probably took care of some stuff and yeah, maybe some songs would have ended up sounding like blank or maybe, you know, maybe they would have gone a completely different direction sound wise because he was there from the get-go there might not have been songs like uh, little death or another song that'll come up later but <laughs> it would no no and it, it's not a song that i think you would think of maybe but uh yeah it's you know it's nice knowing that he wasn't there for this record because of that kind of like let's kind of just diy it for the most part no, that's a, it is a good point. I I do I can't help but think that yeah the album well obviously it would have been different with uh, him in the beginning but yeah I, I do think it would have uh, I I don't know I think it would have went more towards them yeah falling on their old kind of not not that they rewrite Blink but like there's just certain things you might fall back on that you did while recording with him in Blink yeah. that would have been easier to do had it not been you know Mark and Travis really figuring out this shit themselves you know. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I mean, they they both become obviously great producers and stuff too, and uh, and I mean before this, I know he, did, uh, like I was saying, Mark did commit this to memory, but even on that record, I think he might have. I, I know Newfound Glory said this, or one of them did, and I think a few other people have. I think now he might be more of a producer, but I think on some of those first ones, he was more of someone who just kind of gave his just producer in that sense of opinion yeah. of going, you shouldn't do this or that, not so much yeah, of adding kinda, ideas, yeah. is yeah. more of just going like this song sounds good or this song, or even being a mixer, even maybe more than anything, yeah. just kind of mixing the album, like figuring out how it should sound. But yeah, uh, I, I, I think I totally he's gotten really that. good at it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I mean, this song, I always look at it and I, I don't know if it is considered or not, but I mean, to this, to me is the end of side a, this, this is the end of side a, in my opinion, I know in a, in a way, I look at it and go, maybe interlude is supposed to break up the album, but in my eyes, this is the end of the first half of the record. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, it's, I, 
it's funny because you brought that up a lot on some of these about like a side A, side B, and like I've never you don't thought think about of it that. that way. See, maybe I because do. because maybe because I'm not into vinyl and I'm not into records. Like, like that's just never been like my thing. So I never think about a side A or a side B. I just think oh, of, yeah. like I just think of like an album like sonically from front to back, and which another thing about this album, part of me is like, eh, the track like order not the best. Like you don't like the track order. I mean, there's some things I like, but like as a whole album, I feel like there could have been a couple things flip flopped here and there to make it sonically sound a little bit better. But I mean, what the fuck do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, going. I mean, do you have anything else for Lillian? Nope. I'm like I'm like Mark, and I want to move away from this song. (laughs) Oh no, dude! Uh, I'm doing it with everything. No kidding. (laughs) With with a clip. With with cliff diving, um, just kind of talking about like see, when I'd be interested too. I mean, if you have points, I would love to hear. Like, if you're like, oh, this song should go here, this or that. But like with this song, I think it's placed a really in a good spot because it breaks up that the more kind of sad. So, like, I I think a lot of the sad songs are fucking front loaded on this. I think a lot more of the angry songs are thrown on the second half, and I think the first half there's more of those the baby come on the Lillian, the little death, like songs, songs like that, a little more melancholy and uh cliff diving, I think breaks it up really well. That's the other thing where I go spiritually. This is a side. This is, a, and I do, and maybe it's vinyl, but I do enjoy doing that. And you're right. I do it. I do it a lot. I even do it with the fucking radio show because we do it for two hours and I'll think mm-hmm. in my head in ways where I go hour one and hour two. I don't, I don't just throw fucking two hours together. I think of it very much like that. I go, What's the perfect way to like break that up? Like I was thinking that yeah. same with like albums. Like I very much am. You are right. I've never thought of it, but I am kind of into that. Like the even if it's spiritual, like it's a sp- in my eyes uh, for <laughs> fucking because this album is on vinyl now, but it didn't come out on vinyl. But to me, spiritual the spiritual end of side A is Lillian and cliff diving brings us in to side B of the record. And I and I think really if you're looking at it that way is a good is a good kickoff to the second half. Um, it's a, it's a breakup of the sad shit. I think it's a, it's kind of a fun song about young love. Like this is a song that I don't think is about Tom. This song sounds too happy. This song, no, this, this, this song literally like, I think it's like, it would almost kind of be like, and I hate, again, I hate doing this, but like we're in the territory. So it's bound to happen. This is like, like the, this is like Mark's version of like, Reckless Abandon or Rites of Spring. Dude, I wrote Wendy Clear. I wrote this is the Wendy well, Clear of the album. Oh, I'm just saying, like, in comparison to, like, for me, it's like, this is his, like, uh, O2 growing up oh, summers, I I great memories saying. with your friends. Like, like Tom had Reckless Abandon, you know, with all the, you know, stupid lyrics, you know. Yeah. We talked about that before. But also, like, he did that Rites of Spring song, which is very much, like, adolescence growing up, very autobiographical. That's the one about, like, on my birthday like i can't remember the lyrics but yeah it is it's like it, it it's different from an angels and airwaves song too because normally yeah. he's singing about fucking like things that are like not he's not autobiographical at all in that band and that yeah. song very much is but yeah like this song like it this this is the one summer song on this record yes this is a good this is a song you can throw on a, a summer playlist and totally yeah. works it is like for me it just reminds me of like kind of like in the lyrics and kind of like what the meaning of the song is in a way like this reminds me of like being at a friend's house and like like 
jumping off the garage and jumping off the roof and like yes you know climbing in the attic and just like doing stupid shit and like just being goofy like you know summer break you don't have to worry about school let's cut loose and this is like this song is a cut loose type of feel and but it also has kind of like that that growing up where it's just kind of like it's kind of like the story of like you know or that thought where it's uh there there was a moment in your life when you and your friends stopped playing outside yes and i have i have that thought in this song primarily for the lyric uh sometimes i feel fear that life will never be this uh same sometimes i think that's the answer because it's very much like uh there's no way i'm gonna have this moment and this feeling again because now that i'm growing up and getting older i'm not i'm not playing outside with my friends anymore i'm and it's like a self-realization of like this is the last time we're doing that that's a that is a great point it's it's this song actually it's funny because it's like like Lily and I do hear parts where like it could be about blink but I also do feel like it's it's introspective and it is kind of looking back on your life in ways and cliff diving does that as well and really it is kind of the same thing like that sad thought of wow like you'll never it can never be this way like you'll never be 17 again you'll never and there's a lot of things you'll never do the first time again. Like there's nothing that that magic, the glamour and glimmer of it and shit of even just being young and shit is gone. It's temporary. Like it, it's a it's it's there and it's not. And I think he's kind of doing that in this too, but it's not in such a sad way. Like I don't hear this song and get sad. Even when he says like those lines, like I feel like he's not saying he he's he's said things like that before in songs and sometimes it sounds sadder in this one i don't get bummed it's not like a sad oh, no. you know what i mean which is interesting no same it's, topic but yeah. coming at it i guess from a different way yeah absolutely it's like like i someone made the the reference to motion city thing a long time ago i saw where it's like Maybe it might even been Mark. I don't know, but it's like no. That was me. We were talking about baby. Come on. <laughs> no, no. Like this was like a long time ago, where Mark was or someone was saying like, Motion City soundtracks music is so fucking happy, but like, like he he writes the darkest lyrics. Oh, the lyrics on top are of dark that. as fuck. But like, if you were to separate the two, you listen to the music by itself. You're like, wow, this is really upbeat, and then you look at the lyrics, like, wow, this is fucking dark and depressing and like crazy. You put the two together, and like it somehow works. Even but well, like, that's a good point because you think of like, like when everything is all right, uh, fucking like I don't even remember that. Like I feel like that was in a bunch of fucking movies for a year or two. Like that song, I have no idea. Everything is all right was like I don't know. You would see, anyways. It would be like in fucking soundtracks and on movies and shit. And it is funny because it's like they'd be on like these kind of summer out or summer movies and shit, kind of like upbeat and stuff. But yeah, I mean, like really lyrically, it's not like an upbeat fucking song like ocd and shit yeah and so like with that one line that i kind of reference like yeah like it's it's like a sad lyric but it's not presented that way which i th- yeah. i find really fucking cool because like there's you know there's emo for being emo sake but then like there's something there's something more to it when you put a dark lyric but the intention behind it isn't dark that it's it's i i don't i you've i haven't want to use the example no, I guess I won't because I've held off a few times. I'll bring it up when it comes up. But there's – I won't say it, and I feel like people might know the line without me even saying it. But later on in the record, there's a line that instantly you hear that I go, it's emo for emo's sake, and it's just – it sounds – like in a way where it's just kind of che- – you almost laugh when you hear it. 
Sure. And it's like you're being you're being that way to be. I mean, it's a drastic like fucking cut my wrist and black my eyes. Like there's a drasticness that you know what I mean. Like you're put your your being emo. Like that is that is a push of something. Whereas I wasn't gonna go there earlier when we were talking about some songs, but I almost went there. <laughs> oh no, and it's and look at it, like I love With that exactly. Right. I love Hawthorne Heights and like I I fucking love Ohio's. I know you do and stuff, but like. Obviously, yeah, that song is more like that. That is more of one where you could go, okay, yeah, that's being drastic. Like, and and I've heard JT defend. He's like, yeah, like I'm I'm trying to drive home like how fucking emo it is when you you know basically I'm not his yeah. words, but like how sad you are on the road away from someone or something. But it's like there is there's writing in that way where it's like you're really being like fucking to the extreme. But and Mark has done that a lot of times again, where he's he's done things where it's like, all right, you're being emo for emo's sake. But on this record, a lot of times, like that line you're saying, he's doing it in such a natural way where it's like it's it's not it's not being sad just to be sad. Yeah, like, exactly. There's a little bit more thought to it. Yeah, and I and I like that because it's also not something he always does. Like, there's more. Just like the last two Blink records, I think he's more intentional in his lyrics and shit and trying to do that where like. He goes he goes out of his way to go I'm going to write this song that sounds like this and has mm-hmm. this sing along chorus and it fucking sucks when you do that. I think on this album he wrote how he fucking wrote like you know like that's it is very real like it doesn't feel like Mark wrote like you know like like these songs he wrote and we get to hear it's not like he wrote three different drafts before he got to something like this seems sure. very like like real where he was at the time lyrically too. Like, again, it kind of feels like a time capsule in that way where it's like you get, you feel like, you know, how he was, how he was feeling in that time in his life in a way where maybe you do more than others. I don't know. I don't know that I listen to enema of the state and go, Oh, I get where Mark was at that time. Like they're great mm-hmm. songs, but I don't hear it in that way where I hear this one. And I go there. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but you hear this one, and I feel like it has more to do with what's revolving around in his life. Maybe this, maybe just lyrically, it seems more autobiographical and introspective than just mm-hmm. a random song about like fucking hanging out with a girl or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. There's more of him in this than say the rock show. No, of course. You know what I mean? Like shit like that, where there's just more injected in there. Where this song, like, because even even like going with the youth thing, like something. And I've never heard him say this, but I'm going to assume I'm I'm 100% just gonna fucking put words in his mouth. But um, the references in this, um, the first the first uh, verse was "Silly Girl," uh, referencing the Descendants, and then the second one he comes in with "Dear You," referencing Jawbreaker. Like when I think 100% those those references, obviously Descendants being a huge influence on uh on Blink, and also I know Dear mm-hmm. You is he's he's talked praise on that album for years. And when you think about it being about his youth, that makes sense. I'm sure Silly Girl was a fucking song that somehow connected to, you know, a person or a place. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's listening to Descendants when he's a teenager. Like, I'm sure, I mean, just Silly Girl. I'm sure Silly Girl could even be a person. But it's still a reference, I'm sure, oh, sure. to uh, the Descendants. You know, which, again, I like it because it's a nod to his youth. That's why I also, those two lines, the Dear You and the Silly Girl, also, or why I go, this song is about is 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 exactly about just being a teenager and those like, you know, just enjoying life in that way that you can never you can never enjoy again. You know, just life yeah. can never be that way again. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's funny about this song? I know you say no songs on this record 
And I don't know. I want to hear what you think about this. Tell me. You can tell me to go fuck myself. You can hang up. Off, you can hang up on the phone on me if you want. I could see this song reworked a bit. If this song had a faster tempo and you reworked it, I could see this as a Blink song. Yeah, there, but again, you'd have to rework it and stuff like that. Like, and I, and I said like at the beginning, like you know, there's a little bit here and there you can kind of do and be like, oh, I can kind of hear Tom. But also, let but like, let me bit. say this: when I say reworked, I don't mean a ton, a ton. So when I say that, I don't mean reface the whole song lyrically it stays the same uh the key i mean really i would probably just strip back some of the shit and it would just be more of a you know three just a trio kind of thing and i I would keep though i would say i'd keep it about 85 percent of the way it is so uh, when i say rework it i mean rework it about like maybe 15 percent okay all right if that gives you a better idea where i'm coming at yeah yeah absolutely but uh, yeah, like of all the songs on this album, I I think I could see this as a blink one because also though it is it also could be the lightheartedness of it because again it breaks uh, yeah, up it's, it's breaking up a song like Lillian where you go I could never hear Blink do this song and then I compare it to this song and I go oh fuck like yeah I could totally hear them writing a song about the summertime yeah well exactly and that's the thing it's the the summertime feel which is Blink's like bread and butter. But I did write, though, going along with that, I did write Mark probably would have written this song on the next Blink record had they not broken up. Or, or no, I'm sorry, would have would have worked on the follow-up to Untitled, which I do stand by that. I actually think this song, again, going back to having to rework it a little bit, I could see, this could be a song, uh, sorry, I, I know I keep fucking muttering and stuttering, like I said, <laughs> like I said I would before we started recording, Um but this song, to me, um, if it if it would have been reworked a little bit and for uh, Untitled, oh, man, what was I just about to say? I just lost my fucking thought, man. Oh, my <laughs> this God. This could have been on the next Blink record. Yes, uh, it was going to be on the next Blink record, but what was I just about to compare it to? Oh, like, I, I think it would have worked on a, on a follow-up or... I don't know. I can't remember what I was about to compare it to. <laughs> moving, moving on. Oh, my God, dude. I just had the best thought, and I just lost it. As I was saying it, I just had the best Here thought. Here and gone. It was, dude, it was, it was, if you thought we don't need to whisper revolutionize the world, you should have heard the thought I just had. Because <laughs> that fucking thought was about to revolutionize the world, dude. This podcast about to make us fucking millionaires, bro. Fuck, man. Fucking, fucking millionaires. Fuck. You know how Fuck many famous stars in strap shirts you could have bought? Had I remembered <laughs> that thought? You made any subscriptions to Mod Life you could give out to friends this Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> any, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, cliff diving. Uh, anything Anything to add to this one? And you know what's funny? I'm going to remember my thought when yeah. we're in the middle of another song. Yeah, right. It's going to happen. Um, just like your thought just dove off of the end of your mind. <laughs> we'll go on to the next song. Cliff diving is a great title, though. I got to say, because I was thinking oh, yeah. earlier when you were talking about like you like comparing to your like just even jumping off a garage, that cliff diving of just the unknown. I think of that. You're just jumping into the unknown, which really is that end of adolescence that mm-hmm. like, like like you kept like I love that. I, I you've used that before, I think, on here. But like the last time you like hang out with your friends or go outside to play. And it is that in that that like 
as you get older, as you get into like high school and to college and it starts to like, like morph and shit and uh, just going into the unknown, you know, your life, your life after yeah. high school, basically just jumping into the unknown of life. I think cliff diving is such a, a great title for a song that it's not like the fuck. He never says cliff diving unless I, yeah. unless I'm missing it somewhere. He never no, says he- it. He he kind of he kind of does like a loose reference to it on like the like the second part of the first verse, where it's a uh, like hot afternoons we climbed onto the neighbor's house, breathed deep, and jumped into the waiting sky. Oh fuck that! I forgot. That's a great. So line. that's like that's yeah, that's like the closest here. thing. That's like the closest thing. But yeah, nothing nothing like direct. But really, for the for the. I'm trying to think of it right now. Besides Baby Come On and When Your Heart Stops Beating, are most of these aren't like titles with you know what I mean? Like the 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 name of the song isn't like the chorus or the hook or something like that. Which I guess yeah. Mark doesn't do a lot anyways. I like damn it and shits like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it's not the first time, but I, I just kinda noticed that on this record, um gotcha. a, a lot of the ones aren't just like named after it. I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's a deeper meaning too than like naming a song dip dick lips. I feel like these are more thought out though. Like even though it's not the name, it's not like he just pulled cliff diving out of his ass. It makes yeah. total sense. But you know, what's not thought out interlude. Fuck it, dude, dude. <laughs> thank no. you so much. That was a perfect fucking transition, bro. Um, but I, I'll start off with this one. Cause I do, I, I do like, I, I know like, not many people actually like this or like like any of the instrumental stuff that Blink or any of the bands yeah, have really done. You're talking about me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know p- plenty of my friends are just like, oh, this? Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this. Oh, Fallen Interlude? I don't give a shit. Like, nope. I know people that don't care for the instrumentals. I don't mind it. Like, I think it's fun. It's different. I always was into like like bands that had like a song that was like an intro that was like 30 seconds to a minute long. Like, I always thought that stuff was cool just, like, to, like, musically, like, either have an introduction to an album or, like, just have something to split it up. And the only other thing, really, about this that I thought was cool was, like, after I heard this, um, back when I was, like, thinking I would be really cool and be like, oh, maybe a band isn't my thing. Maybe I'll be, like, a producer or something. I ended up mixing this and Fallen Interlude on, like, Audacity and, like, making, like, a a mix like mashup between the two and it actually sounded kind of cool for like what I was able to do with it. Mm. Um, and I thought it was really neat. Like it, I don't, it's not on this computer. It might be on my old computer, but I thought it was really rad at the time could be shit now. But (laughs) like, like when I heard this, like I just thought like, okay, well there's two instrumentals now that are out there that's kind of neat. And then like, I started like thinking of the melodies in my head. I'm like, Holy shit. Like these actually kind of go together. I could, I I could see those working. Like, as you say, I've never thought of it before, but like thinking of them both my head, I could, I could see where like they, they, if you put them together the right way, like I see where the workings would, would make sense. Yeah. That's fucking, I don't know that it's neat. You did that. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those. I mean, like, like, look at again, it's, it's, up there with like all the small things and some of those songs where if I'm listening to record front to back, fine, I'll listen to it. But yeah, uh, well, I guess no one really probably puts this song on for fun, but like, I will leave it on too for the merits of it in a way it is like a spiritual intro to weatherman. Like I, I feel <laughs> like if you look at it that way, it's fine. My whole thing is like, I love blink, but like they are not the musicians to write instrumentals. Like they're just not, 
they're just not the band who are doing something interesting enough. Like none of these are interesting enough for me to be like, I mean, whether it's this one, the fallen interlude, um, the fucking instrumental on the boxcar racer album, even like, like the, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. The, uh, intro on the deluxe edition of neighborhoods, the one for hearts all gone. It's, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind there's times where I don't mind it to be honest. Like I'm not gonna say actually really that one they might it might be my funny enough might be my favorite of all of them because I think it just makes sense the build up into it. But even that mm-hmm. I'm like they're just not musicians who are like. But like it's not just them. Like Everclear has an instrumental on one of their like one of my favorite Everclear records. But they're another one. They're just not mute. Like they're great at what they do, but they they aren't like these really like classically trained musicians who can do something interesting musically, like in a way that would keep my attention. So like when I listen to that, I just go, just give me another full fucking rock song. Like something like plus 44, like just, I would rather, I mean, I guess it's not either or I doubt if this song was, wasn't on here, we wouldn't get another song. So, I mean, I can't say they're depriving us of something from it, but I'm just, this song could not exist and I wouldn't give a fuck. You know what sure. I mean? It's yeah, just kind of, I get that. If I wake up tomorrow and every copy of when your heart stops beating in the universe, uh, this song is missing on, I'm not going to go like looking for it. I'm not going to start a fucking investigation or like go, I'm not going to go online and go, I swear this song was on here yesterday. <laughs> It was it, it got Mandela affected out of your head. Yeah, dude. Like I'm and I'm just gonna let it be. Like I'm not gonna I'm just like whatever. I'm gonna go on with my day. I'm like, yeah, we're better off you know what? We're better off for it. We're fucking better yeah. off for See, it. And it's funny because I would totally be like, Why is this gone? <laughs> <It's bothered. laughs> Where the fuck did it go? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's fun. I, I like again, like I it's kinda like with the hearts all gone one. I don't think that interlude is anything special, but well, build it building into the next song. I'm is pretty nice. sure. I'm pretty sure the Hearts All Gone one was just because Mark wrote two versions of it. One was fast and one was slow. And they didn't know what to do, so they used both. Yeah, it was probably something like that. But like again, yeah. like I love Mark, but it's like he's not like instrumentals. Like I don't give a fuck about instrumentals for most people. If you're Eddie Van Halen, I'll listen to Eruption. That's fine. <laughs> but like, unless you're really like a virtuoso of your instruments, there's not. Like, like, yeah, may, but like, you if you're think. Rush, like, I think of shit like that. If you're like in the prog rock, like, again, like, if you're a pop punk band, I just don't feel like instrumentals is the realm you need to go into. Sure, but also, like, if you think about all these instrumentals, like, how often are these instrumentals like really like? It's not really the band doing them. Like, think of the Fallen Interlude. That's way more like hip hop oriented. And there's like, you know, there's a guitar line. Like, you know, it's really high, like, on the neck. And it's, like, it doesn't sound like shit that, like, Tom would play on guitar, especially on something like that. It's very much more, like, hip-hop oriented. This one, it's just electronic music, essentially, you know? Like, the only one that's really, like, with the band is really uh, the boxcar one. And that's got that really, like, like haunting children's piano. Sounds like it, it, it sounds like a fucking foreshadowed Angels and Airwaves to me. Yeah, but like I guess like like for me like that instrumental was very much driven by that like really haunting piano sound, and like the like the interlude here is more driven by like just the electronic music. Fallen interlude is more hip hop. So like yes, these pop punk bands 
have instrumentals that are on their albums, but they're not reminiscent of their sound, which I think is cool. And that's why I think it's fun. That makes sense. I mean, that, that, uh, that I agree with. I mean, they do change it up and shit, but I just, I just don't feel like there's anything special enough there where I feel like they need to be on a record. That's always, that's like my, yeah, no, I understand that. I just, uh, I, I find stuff like that fun. That's all I say. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you would like to uh, add to to interview <laughs> <No>. <laughs> before we go on? Nope, I nope. Just like the song, I I don't have any lyrics. I have nothing else to say. Well, I mean, going into uh, Weatherman, this is a song talking about like how this album's mm-hmm. aged really well. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how good this fucking like actually not even recently. I say this any time because it is buried on the second half of the record. Oh like, yeah. I'll forget about this song, and anytime I hear it, I go, "Oh fuck!" I forget how much I like this song. This is a yeah, good which, fucking song. And, I say that. I feel like I just say it's a good fucking song. Yeah, and it's one of the. Song, it's, it's one of the long. It's one of the longer songs on this record. Like I think it's like the third longest, maybe. Is this in the four minute range? Range? Yes, it's like four and a half minutes. Fuck. Um, and just like uh, like what I said with Little Death, like I love like how low. like his vocals are throughout this song and it's like kind of like a term that i just used a second ago like this song is so haunting to me it's like a mark hoppus song i fucking love it um it's because of this and little death why i think i love the song fighting the gravity so much because of that low register and just how dark it sounds even if like like you know there's like that one line in the song it's like i'm dying i'm trying to leave like that's like the darkest part of the song in my opinion lyrically and you can take that away and the song still fucking like almost terrifies me on how dark it is for like mark it really it really is and i love like the drums are fucking great on it and they're they're like you know people will give People give Travis, sometimes I hear people be like, oh, he overplays and this and that. But, like, I feel like on a song like that, he knows his mm. place. There's really this album as a whole. Like, there's parts where he'll, like, there's high, like, again, like, his hi-hats are. But you know what, though? That kind of goes with it, though. His hi-hat work on this album's amazing. But we say that, but it's not like there's tons of, like, signature drum fills. Like, he no. did, he changes up his shit on here. Like, for people who are like, he overplays and stuff like that, he plays the right amount on this record. He's really... He's needed on it, like how we say, like with like it's better that that Tom's not on it, that you don't hear that. This album, I think, wouldn't be as good without Travis playing drums. Even like on this song, like like every time I listen to it, and there's like the bridge comes up, and there's like a good like the the bridge is super empty musically, and it's just like like really distorted bass ring outs, and then like Travis is just kind of like like just kind of hitting like snares and toms and shit, but like it it sounds so much like he's in an empty fucking room when he's doing yes. it. And it, it just adds to like the creepy element of this song that it just like, for me, like this, this is such like with, without having a whole lot to it, it's such a complete song. It's funny. You, you bring up the like bit, what you say? Like big empty room. It sounds like they're playing in. Yeah. It, it's funny. You say that because I always conjure up in my head for some reason, like a big empty, I guess it'd be like a fucking hangar, like a plant, like they, like they're playing in like the after midnight music video, like just sure, this yeah. big empty fucking like even just empty just storage space or some shit, just because the way that yeah, like that reverb and everything off of it too, like on the drums and shit, like it sounds like they're playing in this really big empty room, like it's a big mm-hmm. room but it sounds empty as fuck. Yeah, it 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 almost like kind of reminds me of like 
this would be like a song that they wrote and recorded like they recorded the song in one take all together and they were just in a room like kind of like how like you see like old old like recordings of like bands where they're all like in the same room kind of jamming yeah. to the song and they're all recording like their own parts in real time I like this song shit. reminds me of that I could see I could see that cuz there is there's a really good before the music really breaks in together like all together just that beginning with the drums and bass really locking in mm-hmm. like and that does have that like live feel the other fucking yeah. thing that adds to it this is the fuzziest bass Mark has ever oh, fucking had. There is so it. much goddamn it. fuzz, dude. <laughs> that is so much fucking fuzz. I've never heard that much fuzz on like, his bass. Like, could you, okay, just imagine, take all the fuzz out and, like, instead of, like, just, like, he's probably playing chords or maybe he's just, you know, you know, he's just hitting a string and it's so distorted. You know what, dude? Like I don't think he is because with that much fuzz, I think if he played chords, I think it, it would was, sound it'd be too much. I don't think maybe. that would work. You're the bass player here. Yeah, so I don't think I don't I think chords would work um, with that much but, fuzz. Like another thing with this song though, it's like this song almost has to sound this way for like what it is. Because could you imagine take away the fuzz and if they just did like with the drums, but Mark's like signature kind of like running bass lines, like in the beginning, like it would not work. No, no, you, you need that fuzz. Like that fuzz is a big part of it. And like his voice, like, and how like slow he sings, like imagine him trying to kick it up, like, like an extra octave and like, you know, change the tempo. The the song would not be as good if it was trying to like, almost like we'll say kind of emulate like a blink sound. Like I can totally picture Dude. this, like rewritten. Like you see those stupid YouTube videos where it's like, imagine if Blink <laughs> wrote, you know, semi charm kind of life. And I'm I like, I don't, re- yeah. And there's someone who does that on YouTube, and I can't stand it. People think he's a genius. I don't get it. But like, you could not like, you could redo this song and make it more pop punky, drivey, whatever you want. But it takes away everything that makes the song good. It, it wouldn't be as good. And you you just really brought up a great point uh, talking, or you made me think of a good point with like uh, talking about Mark's voice in this song. You know, what's, you know what's something I never really think I know? It's something you notice probably con- like in your mind, but you don't really think about it out loud. The, that chorus is so good because the chorus is fairly heavy musically, but he's almost whispering. Mm-hmm. Like his vocals aren't really matching the music. It's really this counterbalance that works fucking perfect. It's not dissonant or anything like that, but it almost shouldn't work. They're doing yeah. his, his, what he's doing vocally. And then what the music's doing is two different things. And it works so well. Like there's not yeah. another real song that he's done. That's sound- like, I will, I will say there's nothing that sounds like this. But I also get your whole like the fighting the gravity and all that. You do hear, I think, where where they would later go with like neighborhoods kind of era. Like there is shit on here where it doesn't sound like it would be on neighborhoods. But you go, oh, this is the beginning of Mark kind of writing this way. These darker songs like Little Death and Weatherman are the songs that have been like, okay, these would have been neighborhood style songs. Me and you talked about this, I I think, or maybe I just wrote it down. But I wonder if Hearts All Gone was originally a plus 44 song. Just yeah, because, we talked, okay, yeah, we, we talked talk about, about that on the that. phone call. That's something I think we should talk about, though, real quick, because that is a per- – like, I do I do think when you think of the fuck you, Tom, songs that are on this album, 
and you think of Hearts All Gone, and really, I mean, at that point, I mean, they were fucking touring together and shit. I mean, maybe they were still annoyed with each other a little. We don't know, but I don't think it was enough to be writing Fuck You Tom songs. I can't help but think that, yeah, I think Hearts All Gone at least started as an idea during, like, plus four, like, during that era when Blink was broken up. Yeah, definitely, definitely possible. I think that song would have ended up on a plus. There's just certain songs where I think even if like Blink didn't get back together, maybe you would hear later on. Um, and I, I do, I do think that, uh, that would be one. I think hearts all gone and maybe even, uh, fucking, uh, stop living in the shadow of a helicopter. Is that MH? Is that that song? Uh, that is, e- it's either MH or it's the kaleidoscope. I'm drawing a blank off the top. No, of the it's not. Co- okay. Then it is the other one. Cause it's not kaleidoscope. Okay. Um, like that's one that actually I could hear, and maybe I think about that cause I think of their cover of Gutentag, but like, it's a song that I could maybe hear on a later plus 44 record is more of the, as a single, like if they were pushing that more of look, yeah. we oh, still yeah. oh, yeah. the blink thing, I could see that as a single oh, on man. plus 40, the second record, oh. I think that would have been the single. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it became like a minor blink single cause they did have a music video for it. Again, it was like a live. There's a music video. video. Oh, that's okay. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's a live type music Fuck video. Those. They ain't music but, videos, but it's, but I'm so glad they at least put it out there. You know, like, like if you go to like, like if you go to the Wikipedia for neighborhoods, there was a link to click on for a separate Wikipedia page just for Hearts All Gone. And that, like, I like oh, wait, that. Oh, you're because... talking about Hearts All Gone. Yeah, I did yeah. know that was a lot. I thought you were talking oh. about fucking Shadow of a Helicopter. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like Hearts All Gone would have been a plus 44 song that could have been a single, but I'm glad at least it was labeled a single under Blink. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it it was a it was a a blink one. I don't know if you do you remember the uh, the promotional thing they did when it came out. You had to go to like I believe their website, and it like was almost like numbers would just keep fucking going. Like it would just spin by, and you had to click at the right time on one eighty two mm-hmm. to make something it like that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. It, I, if it wasn't that, it was after midnight. But I want to say it was. No, you know what? Maybe it was fucking after midnight. It was. I think someone figured it out because I couldn't get it. It was a fucking pain in the ass. I think. I think shortly, like hours later, someone just figured it out and posted it or something. Or yeah, gotcha. just probably that. They just posted it somewhere. But uh, yeah, like it is. It is funny because again, like a lot of these songs you can't really hear as Blink songs. But you can still hear where the influence did creep up into what he would write, like for oh, neighborhoods and shit. Oh, 100%. Which you don't hear, though. The interesting thing is, I don't feel like you hear it in his writing now. Like, I feel like, Mar- and again, it's also, but I always say, I don't feel it's, like he's yeah. genuinely writing on the current Blink stuff, but like, I don't hear the same, which is what bums me out is like really that more mature Mark, even though neighborhoods is not the greatest Blink record, there are some really strong Mark moments on there. And oh, like, yeah. His writing on there and writing on even Dogs Eating Dogs, even though he didn't write a lot on it, but like that one and Plus 44 and shit, that era of Mark was so oh. good that it makes me sad to think that I listen to like California and go, it sounds nothing like the same guy who wrote, like none of those songs to me sound like the same fucking guy who wrote Weatherman or fucking Lillian or Baby Come On or Little Death or any of those. They don't sound like the same person to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. Like, I can I can see it because I guess I got so into Mark once Plus Forty Four started. Mm-hmm. Like, like I be like I started feeling more like Mark than I was Tom at that time. And like we've said it before a million times, like Tom very much appeals to adolescence. 
Mark's more, you know, introspective and stuff like that, and a little bit older. So, like, I guess, like, as I was getting older, I was starting to transition to that Mark guy. And I still love Tom, always will. But Mark, like, from here on out, like, even on, like, nine and, you know, stuff like that, like, I still, like, maybe because I'm just thinking this way now, but, like, I still appreciate, like, some of the stuff that Mark's doing on the newer stuff. No, I and I mean there there's times where I'm I'm being too critical, but again, it comes it comes from a place of love. Oh, he is sure. one of my favorite cuz sometimes I do feel like I'm just shit at which I guess I am like the newer stuff, <laughs> but like it's also but also at the same time as stupid as it is, that's how strongly I feel about like an album called Enema of the State. Like you know yeah, yeah, you know right? what I mean like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like it's hilarious, but at the same time it's like yeah. that's how strongly I feel about his body of work is as stupid as that may be um that like i care that much to be like it makes me sad that i don't feel like you're writing to the quality that you could be writing you know what i mean yeah like, no, like, for I, sure. have, no I, I have to give a fuck to do that you know what i mean like i have to give a fuck to give a shit <laughs> is <laughs> yeah, what yeah. i'm trying to say it's what i'm trying yeah. to say here but uh yeah, you know this. This is definitely again. If if there's songs where you think it's about Blink, I think Weatherman definitely has that. That uh, it's another one where you can't help but go, oh yeah, this one. This one definitely feels like uh, it could be about. I think it is actually. As I say that, I I think it'd be hard to. I in my opinion, I'd be very surprised if this song wasn't about about Blink. I have no idea. I've never, I've literally never thought of it for this song. If I wish I could get the lyrics up right, maybe I can. I have them up right now. Okay. Even the first fucking, what's the line? Like, so you say, read them. So you think you've been through it all, but I can't help but wonder now. Yesterday, I found my worst regret. I'll hide it away so no one ever knows. I think it's about Blink, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of. I'll say this. I'll say this. If we want to do it this way, but we can agree about... to di- we we can agree to disagree on this. Yes, but but we can a hundred million percent agree on the fucking next song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. That that was gonna be that was gonna be my transition. Was uh was I mean of all the it's funny because we were talking about it how there's a lot of songs on here that feel like they're about Tom, but I mean, this is <laughs> this is like there's this is this is Tom. Yeah, this yes, is, it is. You, you can't, you can't. Um, <laughs> wait, did you say yes, it is? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> wait, did you set me up for that? Oh yeah, I hope so. Oh okay, good. <laughs> Any- <laughs> I gave you the alley so you can oop it. <laughs> alley oop, motherfucker. Um, I mean, this. My first note just says this song goes hard as fuck. I mean, oh yeah, just right, like right away. This and now this song. It, to me, and I love the song because it's just pure. This song is pure pass, passive aggressive, bitter, oh, it's pure angry. emotion. It's all fucking emotion. And this is, I mean, like I was talking about earlier, like the 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 lyric I'm alluding to, which I mean, I feel like everyone, like one of the famous fucking ones, like let's slit our wrists and burn down mm-hmm. something beautiful. Like mm-hmm. that's emo to be emo. And I don't yeah. think it's bad. Again, like, but it's just like I don't think "Cut My Wrist and Black My Eyes" is a bad line. Do I think it's fucking really like? Do I think it's really over the top emotional? Absolutely. I like the yeah. line. I see what they're drive. They're driving a point home, and it's the same with this one. I go, it's fucking really drastic, but it's like I get mm-hmm. what he, I get that this song is pure emotion. This is cathartic. Like, yeah, this this is, this, this is a song he's r- literally writing in the moment. 
I feel. Yeah, you know what? I you I've never thought about that, but I think you're absolutely right because I think if he thought about it anymore, I don't know that this song would have came out the same way. This isn't a song that you write. This isn't like the third revision of lyrics. No. This is just like maybe he scratched out a, a line or two or whatever, but other than that, this is just pure like like pure emotion at its most heated. And I love it. I mean, even uh, the music, the music, like talk about too, like music and lyrics just fitting perfectly. Like everything about this song works. Like the whole build mm-hmm. up, the entire build oh, yeah. up of the, the song, build is great. It's the be- it's the best moment. Like this isn't my favorite song on the album, but in a way, I maybe you'll understand this because again, I think it it goes to I've talked about it a few times. You have to know the context. You. It, if you're listening to this album and you're listening to this podcast and shit, you know, the context, you know, the heaviness of like, Oh, like, Oh my God, it's about fucking blink and this and that. Mm-hmm. But like the whole buildup of this song, just going, going into it and stuff like it, you're like anticipating it. Like they don't, and they're teasing you. Cause it's not like lycanthrope. They don't hit you the second it, like it's, it's not right away. It's getting mm-hmm. there. And I think you can kind of sense something's coming, but like, it takes a while. It takes like the second. It's not the verse chorus thing that they're doing earlier on where it's a quiet verse and then 30 minutes or 30 seconds later, they're in the really loud fucking uh, chorus. They're really teasing you on this one. Yeah. Up uh, like there's a real fucking buildup. And uh, I mean, I, I think it does. It just drives the the point home of like, again, it's like this song of any song on the song of, of this record is just an emotion like this song is a is a feeling or an emotion oh and that's what i was saying is and i think you might get it like just knowing what you know and what the song's about even though it's not my favorite song on the record and i mean i love the song i'm not saying it like that i mean this is probably it might be it's at least top five maybe top three but anyway of all the songs though it almost gets you the most excited when it comes on because i think even all these years removed just knowing what it's about and everything about it and the emotion behind shit, like you just still get exciting, excited listening to it. Oh yeah. Like, like this is one of those songs. Like I know exactly where I was when I heard this. Cause I was definitely on like the plus 44 is going to do something type of thing. And I remember going onto their website after hearing about it. And it was just like, I'm pretty sure it was just their white pixelated, you know, parenthesis plus 44 like Great logo logo too yeah super simple but i love the digital look of it and it just i think the website just auto played the song if i remember correctly and i remember sitting there listening to it in like this classroom like this like social not social this like a uh, study hall resource class and like no one gave a shit so i'm just sitting there on my computer on the computer and i'm like listening to this song and i knew it immediately what it was about like obviously the title i thought was more tongue-in-cheek than anything but like listening to it, I'm like, this is the coolest fucking thing. Like, I don't care. It's Tom's birthday. I think this is one of the ballsiest things you can do. And I think it was so rad that they did it. Like, I thought it was great. I was not disappointed whatsoever when I heard it. No, I I, I agree with you there. Like the whole and he I, I, I think you said even he's like outwardly just admitted now. But like, I, I know at times Mark was like coy about what it was about. But it's like, you know, damn well what it's about. And yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you really, yeah, like, you got to be stupid to believe when he's like, no, it's not about that. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. all right, man. I, yeah, I like, you know, I was a senior in high school when I heard this song, and, like, I was 
I was just as upset as anyone else when I blink split up. But like hearing this being like, this was kind of like the first, like kind of like, I guess you can say diss track in a way, if, if you want to call it that. It is a diss like, track. Well, it is, but I'm, like, I'm just saying like for, you know, like you can write a diss track and be like, Oh, that's a, that's a rapper thing or whatever. It's stupid. But like it was a diss track in, in the blink universe, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like no, no boxcar racer song was like, uh, like a I dislike Blink, I dislike Mark type thing. No. There's none of that, you know. This is this is kind of like you know Mark's like first you know thing out there, you know, publicly speaking or singing about Blink and Tom. And I thought it was just fantastic. Obviously, once the album got released, and then they added like the the ending like lines, like ly- like the last lyrics of the song. But like, not much really changed musically from like the first introduction to this. And I was glad that like, it didn't go through such a big change. Cause there's times where they'll release like a, a demo of something. And then you hear the full version and it's like, Whoa, this sounds totally different. Yeah. Sometimes the demo is better too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And like, I didn't, I, I like the demo of this. Like it, they could have kept it the exact same way. And I would have been totally content. I actually don't but think I do I've heard like, the demo before. Oh yeah, it's basically like I don't think there's as much drums in it if I remember correctly, and like the the last lines of the like the last lyrics, um, aren't in it. Where it's like laying rotting where I fall, I'm dead from bad intentions, suffocating and embalmed. Like that whole end line, like that whole portion wasn't there. Oh, that's a great part too. You gotta yeah. have that part. Exactly, and that was added like during you know obviously the like once they got to the studio and all that stuff. But if this, if it wasn't added, I wouldn't like my opinions of the song wouldn't change. They, uh, I mean, th- this song too. I just, you know, th- releasing it on his birthday, and then also like I think it's so funny too that it was his thirtieth because you also just think of like like Blink was Tom's twenties, like that that was that was his life, you know, basically after high school. I mean, it was all their lives, but I mean, I just think of it in this way where I go and then you hit 30 and it's like, it's a time to kind of celebrate and like look back Mm -hmm. on things and you're two, like the two guys who are also there for all those things that you're known for and shit. Like they release, I mean, a mean fucking song. I mean, Mm -hmm. like this isn't just goodbye. This is, I can't stand you. Like there's not even, it's it's a great line, but it's not even metaphorical or trying to be like it's so straightforward. It's more of just yeah. a sentence more than anything. It's not even like mm-hmm. trying to be poetry. It's just like fuck you. Like yeah. it, it's not like it's like no, like this is bad. Like I don't forgive. It's basically like yeah, like fuck you. I don't forgive you. Like mm-hmm. it's over. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's honestly this song. If you think about this versus any breakup song, I think that Mark's written. I think this one might have more emotion. And, uh, like, drives the point home more than any, like, not that he writes a lot of, like, bitter breakup songs, but, like, if you think of any other songs he's written about, like, relationships and shit like that, I don't know that any seem to have had the same uh, same effect that the one with Tom, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, for losing sure. yeah. that relationship. <laughs> yeah. It also, I think, shows, though, too, like, how much, like, I do truly, and, and looking back even more now, even though you knew at the, you know, like, the whole time that, you know, a lot of this about blinking shit, but like looking back now, I think it shows you how much Tom really was the reason they broke up because 
Mark, even just the way, like, like it, it, it's very obvious, even just, like, his anger and bitterness towards it. He didn't want, you know, he wanted that band to continue. He was proud. Yeah. Even, even now, the way that, the, that both of them kind of talk or handle the legacy, I mean, I think Mark is a lot more, I don't infatuated's not really the word, but, I mean, you can tell the difference. You know what I mean? Like, they both kind of come at the legacy of Blink, I think, in two different ways. And I think yeah. Mark might celebrate it in more of a legacy way than Tom does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which actually does make sense. Cause I know there's actually a recent interview Tom did where he said something like, like, and it, it does make sense. Like I think if blink did an album, I also saw people talk about in the comments underneath, which was a great point. Like, like neighborhoods at the time, Tom didn't want to fall back on the legacy of blink. He wanted to continue doing something. He's already, he said this in an interview recently, like, if they were to do it now, 10 years later, he doesn't need Blink to sound like that anymore. He has his outlets. He has ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I think, uh, I think like with Mark, like, you know, I think he's more like, I think Tom's maybe now more in a place where he would, he would, if they, if he was to come back to Blink, I think legacy would be in mind more where there would be more of a thought of let's make it sound a little more like whether it would be dude ranch or enema or whatever, that would maybe be more of a thought than he was trying to do on neighborhoods. But I think Mark has kind of already been there where he was more like, like, you know, like once they got back together, even like the legacy and shit of blink where Tom, whether it was good or not, I, I think did want to move it forward in a different way where sure. like the legacy, I like it didn't matter so much to Tom that they do it the same way or play fast punk, like blink in Tom, like not now, but even 10 years ago, blink, Blink in Time's mind could have been a big, like, fucking, you know, even the live show could have been more like, you know, a lot, you know, like lights and like lasers and shit like that and more synths and stuff. Like, I don't think he would have been against it. Like, I think he would, no, no. he would have even maybe thrown in like a live guitarist or something like that. Like, had he had his way. Whereas now I think he's kind of backed the fuck up and went like, no, that's not what Blink is. But I think it just also shows like where I, I think not that Mark doesn't want to do things outside of Blink and that he hasn't done things outside of Blink, but I think Mark, I think really legacy wise, just how they both handle it, you know, are, are, are just two very different, uh, uh, ways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this fucking getting back to this song though, this bitter, angry song. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it's just, it's another one where just it's, it's executed just, Perfectly. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you said too. Even the song title is a uh, great and just fucking fits everything about it. The mood, the mood works. I think I do think this is the one song on this record where Travis can kind of not in the beginning so much, but on the second half, like Travis comes out, like his playing and shit. You know what I mean? Like the signature yeah. Travis. I think you hear on the second half of the song. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Because, you know. again, it's a whole slow build. So, like, once he kind of comes in in that second verse, you know, and then kind of gets towards the end, it's, yeah, it's, like, to me, it's, like, signature Travis. But I love that, like, in the first half, talk about, like, you know, how he can tastefully play. There's those parts where he's just hitting the snare and it echoes for a minute, like, mm-hmm. for a few measures. That's perfect. It adds yeah. it adds so much to the song, yet he's doing fucking nothing. He's hitting the mm-hmm. snare. And there's, some, like, yeah. there's, like, echo on it. It's, uh, I don't know, like, everything about it works really well i mean there's it's it's 
I, I think knowing again, I do think that the whole like folklore around it, the legend that is around it, and just the story and just everything does add to the song. But I mean, even if you didn't know that, it is it does stand alone is just yeah. a really good fucking song. Absolutely, I was gonna say that. You know, but uh, yeah, anything to add for uh, no, it isn't. No, I, I'm I'm all good. All right, we are fuck, dude. We are uh, I'd say doing pretty good time and. Uh, on to the second to last song makes you make you smile. And the thing that I, and I kind of talked to you about this last week, but what I like about this song is if you know much about the beginning of plus 44, the, it was originally supposed to be, or not even originally when they, when Mark and Travis started it, it did sound more, maybe not electronica, but like, you know, more, yeah, elect- had, had more of that vibe. Yeah, had more of that vibe, you know, kind of postal service, uh, electron, electric drums and stuff. They were programming them uh, mostly, mostly out of necessity because of recording mm-hmm. at night at their houses. But uh, it was, it was just more of that vibe in this song. To and also they had uh, Carol, who mm-hmm. uh, the female, the female vocals on the song, who was supposed to basically be like their lead singer, co-lead singer with Mark. In this, yeah. this song to me is what I imagine plus 44 was originally supposed to sound like, like this, this is the song that like, this is what the rest of the album was probably going to sound like had they not added the rock element to it. Yeah. It would have been more of a, uh, of a postal service vibe, like through and through if they didn't go full band. Yeah. Like, and, and like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally hate it. I love the fucking rock side of this record, but like this song's really good. Like I really, it's another one where uh, it's kind of it, – it's not your conventional mar- – it's not totally like – it's not a crazy like like weird song, but it's not, I think, the conventional Mark Hoppus song either. Like I like him. I like the, the back and forth with the male and female mm-hmm. vocals. Oh, it's so good. I wish there was more of it. Like not just on this album, but I just wish like – I wish like – I wish like Blink could have tried to incorporate like and like women a couple more times on some other songs. That would that would sound that uh, on later stuff more specifically, but yeah. No, I would like to hear that. That that wouldn't be uh bad. That would be uh more female vocals and then obviously someone else who I'd like to hear more on those songs. But this song, uh Make You Smile, the other thing like w- which is so interesting that I like about it is you go from no, it isn't the uh, arguably oh. the heaviest song on the whole fucking yeah. record to then the like the quietest, quaintest like song on the whole thing. It, and it's such a beautiful song too. Like the, yeah, the call, the call and response, and it is. Ju- it's like you go from pure hatred to like pure love, and I that that I thought was really really good, like really well done. It it's so interesting too because you have like no, it isn't. Feels like the end of something. Like it's about the demise of something, the end of, and even though no, it isn't. I guess lyrically, in a way, you know what I mean. It is kind of about you know breakup or whatever. It's not. It's not particularly like it doesn't sound like things are going great in the song. Like just a, a straightforward happy love song, but like just the difference in the feeling. Like no, it isn't. Gives me this feeling of the end of something and bitter and angriness, and makes you make you smile. Just makes me kind of like it's kind of the beginning of something or it kind of, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a better mood. It puts you in a different place. It puts you in a different mindset. Yeah, definitely. It like, 
yeah it, it's it's a total night and day and like like i said it goes from like really dark and like hatred to like really light happy and like like pure love and like i don't know something about that is just so intriguing to me that like you can have songs like that that like like you know even the song before no it isn't which was a uh, weatherman like that's a dark song that's as dark well so like song. and like it's weird how like on the, like, I guess you could say, like, on this side of the album, besides, like, cliff diving, like, if you're going side A, side B, like, this is, like, I the am. only, yeah, this is, like, the only other, like, happy, like, and this is the song with the most love yeah. in it on the side of the, on the record, and I think, I don't know, something about that is so cool to me, because usually something like this, you would either hear, like, very early on, like, kind of, like, in, like, a baby come on spot, yeah or or this would be like the weird like acoustic last song on the record Ooh, this could be a good album closer to be honest this really could fucking close this album really well Mm -hmm. now now you you said earlier you could you would like maybe move some shit around is there a place you would move this song like in my like you just said some but i mean is there an ideal place you think you would put it i mean i would put it early like a number two spot would be good, but then I'd have to move Baby Come On somewhere. And where would you but, put like, that? That's a hard ba- one. Baby Come On. Yeah. I would probably, I would probably put this, um, probably because uh, you like, put it. Do you put starting, it really close I, I, to make you smile, or do you need to separate them? No. I, so like, what I would do, like, I would say, like, if we're talking like in your sense, like, I'd put uh, Make You Smile like number two, and then Baby Come On would be the start of side B. God damn, dude, I like that a lot. I'm not even kidding. I really fucking like that. <laughs> that legit is a... See, you're starting to see the way of my side A, side B. I can tell by the way you even just fucking said that, dude. Well, you're gonna, you're falling into this shit. I'm, no, because I'm used to in. you. I'm used to you saying it. <laughs> I learned it from you, dad. <laughs> I don't care what you say, dude. You're falling into this. You're gonna start looking. You're gonna start looking at things this way because that was the perfect. You're becoming me, motherfucker. Because that was the perfect. You're making me think about this and go, God damn, what a perfect way to start side B. If I call you and ask you what a good record player is, then you know there's problems. Oh, it's happening, dude. It's gonna happen, fucking next week, bro. Nope. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um. I mean, yeah, like the the contrast of of going from no, it isn't to make you smile. I I really fucking love it. The other thing too is, I mean, the easy one in my eyes. It sounds very postal service. I know, I know that's like the main band. I keep just saying over and over again as comparison. Well, that was a big influence on this, so it makes sense. It was, and I think on this song specifically, it was, and I also think it would have been a bigger influence on what they originally going to sound like. But the other thing that I don't think you hear as much on the surface, but I do think is there is Mark's love of clarity, like fucking Jimmy world, like on clarity, the, the again, cause that album doesn't sound like plus 44 or anything, but there, that is a band who's, who's mixing like the rock element with like, you know, like electronics and little synths and like little things here and there, like with like programming. And you can hear that. I think on here, where if you think of Mark, like the albums that Mark's Mark loves and his influences, I mean, Jimmy World Clarity and how much he loves has been outspoken about how much he loves that album. I would say is bled in into this album because even on this song, I hear like, you know, like the fucking long ass outro of uh, Goodbye Sky Harbor and like things like that where like, 
But even the drums, like the spacing of the drums even, because there's like they do that very well on Clarity where like the drums aren't aren't always just a really straightforward like, you know, fucking 4-4 beat. Like they are kind of like spaced out and it is kind of like sometimes you'll just get a random snare hit and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously Travis doesn't, you know, I, I think Travis comes from a different place, so I can't say his drumming is uh, so much influenced by it. But there is shit on here where I go – I, I think 100% um, there is Jimmy World influence that you may not, it may not be the first band you think of when you think of this album, but uh, specifically Clarity, I think you hear that album's influence on uh, on this record and specifically on Make You Smile. Yeah, for sure. I can, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, I fucking love this song, but I, I don't have much else to say about this yeah. one. You got, any, you got anything? Yeah, no. All right. And yeah, I mean, as we get into uh, the final song here, chapter 13, uh, I, this is, this is just like, just like Lycanthrope, uh, you know, as we were talking about the sequencing, I think is a good like opener to the record. This is a good bookend. I think this is a, it's a good way to end the album. I think like, I don't know. Cause in a way you know, make you smile. I go, fuck. I kind of like this alternate universe we're making where that's the album closer. But this one I like because the song, the song is like, it's not too, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't leave you in a dark place or anything like that. Like, I feel like this is a hopeful sounding song, maybe even more than make you smile where I think it's ending the album on a better note than maybe the album is sometimes on. I don't know. Cause like for me, like this song, like, like this song does feel dark. Like you like think they, so? I, well, I guess because like, so I've never been like a huge fan of this song. This is like towards the lower end on like the album for me, as far as like the songs that I like, but, uh, like for me, like this is one of the songs that like, I listen to lyrically a lot, and it's like lyrically, it's very like it's very much about suicide or like about how like like you're a mess or like I'll be like I'm a mess, like I'm a wreck, like I feel like shit, and the other person's fine. Like I don't know, like it's it's an interesting feeling that I get when I hear this song, but I guess like for the most part, like it just. It, this whole song just kind of fucks with my mind a little bit. <laughs> just see, that's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know where this one would fall for you, but I guess I, for some reason thought you'd be more. And as I say, favorable again, not that you fucking hate this song, but I, I, I guess I would have thought it was like, I guess higher up there. See, I, it's it, funny, the darkness you hear. Cause I, to me, I don't know. I guess lyrically I do see where you're coming from. I guess I'm thinking more. And that, and again, it's that deceptive thing where musically I'm thinking more, but it's like, to me, there's something about it that feels it, it feels if I listen to this album, I don't know if I can explain this might be a terrible it's going to be I do this every time we do this, but my terrible uh, fucking uh, example or metaphor. But like it's almost like it's a really I don't know, a fucking dark it's a slasher movie. And the whole time people are getting murdered and you're just trying to survive the night. And like this song is the next day driving into the sunlight. Like you're like the only fucking one who survived. And not that this album sounds like that, but it's like it's coming out of this dark thing. And this is like there's something next. You know what I mean? And in, and in this case, not about fucking uh, surviving a fucking 
<laughs> slasher. Um, it's about it's about finding what's after Blink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in this example, it would be this album about the breakup of Blink and how it's affected Mark. And then this song is kind of moving on. I think even the lyric in it, I don't think this song is about Blink, but I'm even looking at a lyric like, and we'll both take our revenge, but we still won't feel any better. Almost mm-hmm. like we can take all the shots we want. We can talk and you can apply this to anything, but with this applying it to blink, it's that idea of, yeah, shit's fucked. It's all over. You know, we can, I mean, you can write as many no as no, it isn't as you want, but blink's not coming back. You know what I mean? You can be sure, as bitter yeah. as you want, but it's done. It's over. And I mean, really more specifically, it's probably more, he might be talking more about just a relationship or something. But I mean, if you want to apply it to that, it is kind of that, the admitting because again this album is so much of fuck you fuck this about you know it sucks that it's over but this one's kind of that all right shit's fucked up but it's like it's not it doesn't like the the bitterness isn't going to do me any good so i just need to move on yeah yeah like like, i really love the music on this like this is another one of those songs where like i really like the music music's very solid and like i I can appreciate the lyrics. I don't like the lyrics, but I appreciate them. But I do really like the music on this song. Yeah, the music. The music. Uh, if I was going to take one over the other, yeah, I like the music more. Than, I don't. I don't mind the lyrics, but the music is the real. Because uh, I think it also it's anthemic. The chorus, which I like the most, is just in my opinion, it's big and anthemic. Like it's not that this song sounds like angels and airwaves, but it's like, if you were since Tom kind of went more for the anthemic choruses and shit, like I feel like with angels and airwaves, this song has that big rock anthemic. Like this is honestly, this song sounds like one I would hear in like an arena. Like if there's a, like angels and airwaves, write songs that sound like they should all mostly be played in arenas. Plus 44 doesn't have that feeling as much, but this song kind of does like, this is a big rock song that I could hear like in a fucking arena. If that makes sense. No, that definitely. Like, like I said, musically, I like it. I can picture that kind of. Like, I can picture this. Like, maybe not like big anthemic, you know, like vibes. But I can, I can see where you're going at with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, like, I guess the big thing that always threw me off about this song, and I, and it's really not the song itself, but it's, it's so like in my head. Like, you know, it's the last track of the album. It's called Chapter 13, but it's track 12, and it's randomly five minutes long. <laughs> like, there's, like, there, it's so in my head that, like, nothing makes sense with this song. Well, well now, wait. There, <laughs> now, I am with you on not making sense, and I didn't realize, to be honest, I assumed it was track 13 because it was called Chapter 13. I did not realize no. <laughs> it's only 12 fucking no, tracks. No, it's that's the thing that, like, ticks me off so much is that it's the 12th track on this song that part's fucking uh, stupid but the thing about the length of this oh no 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 because you're right five minutes is how long the song is you're taking out the silence right is that what you're saying yeah technically okay never mind because i was okay i was gonna say that never mind then i can't disagree with you there um because i mean we haven't brought it up yet but if you didn't know and i didn't until doing research for this but this fucking album is exactly 44 minutes long and Mm -hmm. I go those dirty motherfuckers, and then you, and then at first I was impressed because I'm like, how did they do that? And then listening to this song, I realized it's all that fucking silence at the end that equals yeah, out like, to 44 minutes. 
Yeah, it's like 15 seconds or yeah. so of just pure silence. It, it, <laughs> so originally that's what I thought you were just talking about, but you weren't. You're just talking about the song. But here's the thing. The song is like five minutes long, but I think it goes by really fast. It doesn't feel like a five-minute song. This whole record goes by it on me really does. fast. And it's a 44-minute like, yeah, long album. Yeah, that's not super so, short. So, so, yeah, like it feels so short. Like Every time I get to know it isn't, I know I'm at the end of the record, and I'm like, whoa, I'm already here? Like, What the fuck happened? It is and funny because like, no, it isn't, even though it's not the last song. I'm the same way where once you hit that, you're like, I'm at home stretch. Like This thing's yeah. all but done. Yeah, and like not counting chapter thirteen, but like you have to get through three other four minute songs to get to that point. Yeah. But but for some reason it just like for me it just breezes by. It it is it's this whole album it is weird because like even though even though with Ava like uh, those songs are like longer, oh, those yeah. songs feel fucking long. Like an Ava yeah. song feels like we don't need to whisper feels like a long record. Yeah. This well, album I, doesn't. What's funny is we don't need to whisper has 10 tracks, 10 tracks for 49, almost 50 minutes. Holy fuck. And, and, uh, when your heart stops beating has two more extra songs and is about five minutes shorter. God, almost six minutes shorter. And all that is intros. (laughs) I feel like on the angels and airwaves, all that like extra time. Those are all just fucking intros. The shortest song on, we don't need to whisper is over four minutes. God damn! You don't need it's to whisper, but you need to cut down the fucking lengths yeah. of your songs. It's four minutes and eleven seconds, and it's the last song on the album. <laughs> God damn! I need to go back and listen to that. I have not listened to that one in a in a in a while. Um, speaking of like these, because this album going back has aged really fucking well. And oh, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know about whisper, but uh, anyway, that that's for another time. But chapter thirteen, uh, getting back to that, I mean, is it one? Uh, I will ask you. Will would you would it kill you if it was not on the album? Let me ask you no, that. It wouldn't it would bother not, you. It would not bother me. At Are all. there any other songs on this that would like interlude? Interlude, not really needing to count. But I mean, are there any other songs on this album if they were off, you would either not care or would even you think improve the album at all? Uh, hmm. Because I will say I don't think taking anything away would improve it. Like I think this album overall, even though I like more some songs more, like when your heart stops beating, kind of has to be on there. It's the title track and shit, and to, and, mm-hmm. and it still has a warm place in my heart, no matter what I think about it, because it was my introduction. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. so I think I'll always have that where like I'll have a problem getting rid of it entirely in this scenario. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, I feel overall the album. It's interesting because I didn't think sequencing needed much changing until you brought that up. But I, I do think it could be, I, I do think you could move some things around and it would be neat, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know that I take anything away. I noted specifically, um, uh, uh, cliff diving to interlude to weatherman. Like I, like for me, that just seemed like there was like that those three songs didn't flow well together too well, but, but like weatherman to know it isn't, to make you smile was really good. That but is seven, a good one. But, but seven, eight, nine, I, I guess it's because the vibes are so different between the three. I don't know because no, it isn't make you smile is a big change too, but there are highlights, which you're saying maybe just this is the vibe, like lyrically the vibe and stuff like, but I guess like going from like summertime happiness to like just an instrumental, like uh, an electronic instrumental to something super dark. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess Jumps I, I don't know a little bit. 
Yeah, but then again, like no, it, like no, it isn't to make you smile. I think is like you, you couldn't do it any other way. It. I will say overall, there are though moments where there are highlight. What you're saying, like there are two or three song streaks here and there where I go really strong there, and it's not even that the like next song is terrible, but it kind of breaks that like. I guess of it being a perfectly what you're saying being it like a perfectly sequenced record. I guess I can't say that because you're right. It will hit these streaks of like these two songs work well together and it's not that the next song sucks or anything like that. It could be a good song. It's just maybe it, it's not going in there as well, which yeah. also well, I don't I don't know. He may have I think at that point Jerry Finn probably I don't know if they had it sequenced by the time he got there or not, but I mean, you could also say that that's your first time kind of sequencing a record. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, Mark and Travis doing it, but, uh, I don't, I don't think it's ta- like, I don't, I don't hate the sequencing, but now that you say it, I think there's improvements that I never realized could have been there. Sure. Yeah. And that's why you're here. Yeah. You're a fucking <laughs> ball of fucking bright sunshine, bro. But, uh, I mean, any, anything else to, uh, add, add to that as we're, as we're, I mean, I guess these are closing statements, anything to add yeah. to this record as a whole, really? Um, I mean, not necessarily like. Like I love like that they were able to at least start out electronically and keep some of that throughout the record. I'd love I to hear more seen... of that, right? Yeah. Like yeah, that would have been I... great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either hearing the album how it should have been, or maybe like album number two could have been more experimental with that stuff. Okay. Now here, and I, I know I don't, I don't want to like open more shit as we're closing here, but like <laughs> something I do want to say about that is the only problem. Cause I knew, I thought you were going to say that maybe they would do that on the second record. I don't think they could have committed to it on record two. I I think it would have either been the first record that was their chance or not at all. I don't think you would have heard them dive more into that on the second record, to be honest. It's totally possible, but I I still wish I could have at least gotten more of it in some way, shape or form. I also think the label wouldn't let that happen because already like plus 44, like again, already saying, I don't think the label saw them as a big moneymaker. I think if they went even more that way, they would have really been like, uh, you motherfuckers really like, this is nothing like blink. That's kind of why I almost feel like maybe it could work. Because on the second record, maybe they wouldn't even have been on Interscope then. Maybe it would have been more. If they would have self released, I would have loved yeah. to hear a self released plus forty four follow up. Because honestly, I think I do think that would have made a difference, whether it was on a label or self released. The follow up on where mm-hmm. they would have went musically. Yeah, I I do think that would have. I think played. I don't know, maybe not the entire album would change, but I would say that there would be you would see differences one hundred percent. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, this is fucking. This is great. I mean, anything uh, else to throw on here? As a last random note, out of sheer curiosity, and this, you can take this out or you can leave this in. I don't really care. Out of curiosity, when is this episode dropping? It is dropping not this Monday, the following Monday, which would be the twentieth. Dang it! Dang it! Oh, on Tom's birthday. I was really hoping we can drive it on Tom's birthday. Oh my like, this God. episode is not no, no, it's not about Plus Forty Four's album. No, when your heart stops beating, dog. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. The thirteenth is his fucking birthday, dude. Look oh, at that. Fuck. See, see, like, like I said on the text, man. I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking ahead for you, bro. <laughs> do I have to move things around? Is this coming out? You know what? then you don't have to it's i I just thought it was so funny like i thought about that like really early on in this (laughs) 
All right, this is coming out on Tom's birthday. We have to. <laughs> we have to. You also know why? Because didn't we release, I think we released the boxcar racer. We did. We released on his birthday last year. Because in parentheses, really? yeah, it's boxcar racer, oh, parentheses, oh, happy birthday, Tom DeLong. Holy shit, look how far we've come. Oh, wait, technicality, and I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> and then I'll quit. Technically, we recorded that podcast Sunday, which was his birthday last year. It came out Monday the following day. Okay. This gotcha, year, gotcha. this will be released <laughs> on his actual birthday. Oh, boy. No, well, Wait, it's, that it's, won't it's, work. <laughs> No, no worries, man. This is okay. It's not coming out. <laughs> no, it's going on the twenty. Thinking in I, real time. I right just now. realized something about the radio show that means it would really fuck it up if uh, if I did it next week because I already have an interview that's being played on Monday. I is just it, realized it, is it an interview there. with David Kennedy? <laughs> yeah. about how messed up Tom was. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually yeah with uh with fucking David Kennedy. And uh, Ryan Sin, there. Yeah. Oh, wow! What what a poll. Yeah, I found I found him uh, outside of Carl's Jr. You know what? That's probably where you find find him hanging out with uh, Shane and Craig as well. And uh, and inside, <laughs> uh, taking the orders, the bass player from Boxcar Racer, <laughs> the live bass player. <laughs> I'm not talking yes. shit. I got love for you. I would fucking interview yeah. any of them. I would love to talk to yeah. any of them. I don't know where any of them are. All of those people seem to know, not exist on the internet. Um, um, unless they're associated with the bigger bands. <laughs> I, I guess so. But uh, this is fucking awesome. I mean, thank you for listening. At Power Chord Hour, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, rate, review if you would. Appreciate it. And uh, new radio shows every Friday night, 10 to midnight Eastern. On 107.9 WRFA, check it out online, WRFALP.com. And, I mean, you are the guest, Kyle, so closing remarks here. I mean, whatever you want to say right now, we will close on it. Oh, man, the pressure. What do I do? How do I close it out? Um, and I already did. I hit pause. It's over. <laughs> oh, wait, I did it. It's still going. Fuck. Say something. Say something. I do all my own stunts.